0: with another episode of the dark art society podcast episode 182 today we have steve cleff who is an awesome dark watercolor artist i guess you could call him um his work is really awesome he was just in the dark art society group show i just dig it i've been digging his stuff for a while and um Wanted to have him on the show, and we had a really long and fun conversation last night. So this is this is it. You're gonna hear it in a minute. Um, let's see what's been happening in my life. Uh, I got a fin- finishing off a big order. I got a fill of those frame commissions I was talking about. There's a few more left. Can, can you hear the dog? Snoring in the background. Well now she stopped. Oh, there she goes. Uh there's also um construction outside, so if you hear a bunch of beeps and people whistling and stuff, it's construction. Um Yeah, so I got I'm fulfilling this order of frames. I got my streaming set up totally dialed in, I think, for my personal Patreon, which is patreon.com slash chetzar so I'm doing uh, random live streams while I'm painting and stuff which has been fun figuring that out but I think I got it all down pretty much might be tweaks here and there and, and it will continue to improve I hope you know when I can afford better equipment get a really nice camera I got a pretty nice camera but now that I'm doing it I could see that uh There's a better camera that I'm looking into, but it's cool. I got I got a little camera, a little um, camera set for my tripod palette. So so the palettes on one side and the painting is on the other side, and I can record those turn them to time lapses. It's pretty cool. So I'm excited about that. That's been the big thing happening around here lately, and. I guess that's it. I thought I was going to mention something else, but um, but I forgot what that is. So maybe I'll think of it in the meantime while I'm doing the new subscribers. Actually, there's only one new subscriber this month, um, I think. Let's see. We ended with Lydia Burris. Um, let me see here. Uh, Randall Perkins, Randall B. Perkins, who always helps me out every week. Shout out to him. He always sends me a little note in Patreon, lets me know who, where I left off because I'm too disorganized to keep track of these things. Um, let's see, Lydia Burris is where we left off. So new subscriber is Jeff Burner. Thank you, Jeff, for supporting the podcast, keeping it going. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, if you want to join, you can go to pa- uh, patreon.com slash darkartsociety and you can get in the Facebook group, which is really cool. Always something cool going on in there. And the uh, website, which is growing and getting better and better. And all that. Okay. I'm trying to think what I forgot to mention. It was like a movie or something I watched. I can't remember. I'm spacing out. Things have been busy as usual, but I don't know, I'm kind of spacey this week. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to try and remember. I'm just going to move on. You don't even want to hear me talk probably. This is the boring part of the podcast, so let's just get on with it cuz the conversation with Steve Cleff is great. And I um yeah, it was really fun, easy conversation. So, here we go. Episode one hundred eighty eighty two. Did I say eighty-two last time? One hundred eighty-two. Steve Clef on the Dark Art Society Podcast. Here we go. Dig that, but what's up, Steve?
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you didn't put your headphone did you are your headphones in? Yeah. Are you using the right microphone? Because uh-huh. you cut out for a second. Uh-huh. Off to a terrible start <laughs> already. Oh, my God. Steve Clef ruins the podcast.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh, Chad will cut this part out. All right. Um, I fit, I can, can you hear me? I can hear
0: you, but it cut, okay. you kind of cut. You want to, Oh, there we go. You're good. We're talking I'm to good? each other. All right. Yes. Okay, so let's start over. Maybe okay. I'll leave that in, though.
1: Uh, hi, Steve. Hi, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> doing great. How are you, Chet? Thank you for having me.
0: Oh yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm sure. doing good. You know what's weird is uh, totally side note. All our whole mountain burned during these fires. You know? Yeah. The, the, like this huge. We live. I live up next to these mountains. Like the whole thing burned, so it was just gray after. And yesterday we had this huge, like, random windstorm, like in the middle of the night and this morning, like, just. Not a windstorm, but it just got really windy. And all the ash from the mountain is all over everything. It's like the fires have been gone now, how many weeks? And it's like up, you look up in the mountain, it looks like a foggy mountain, but it's ash in the air. And it's like all over the cars and everything. It was so. It's like volcanic. Wow. Totally. Yeah. It was a. What a nightmare. It's such a weird thing.
1: Did you get another warning about the air quality
0: uh no it just seemed to happen so fast i don't even yeah no I, it's it's almost like no one even thought of it i never considered that that it was gonna rain ash next time it got windy because it was just like a soot mound if, or mountain <laughs> it's
1: sad if ever you were going to consider it 2020 is the year to consider that
0: yeah exactly <laughs> it's the ash heap of a year anyway okay enough about me and my Ashy street. So, thanks for coming on. Um, uh, I think we met. I it's like we met, like we got to know each other on the
1: mentorship. internet. Oh well, yeah, um, that's true. That's true. We on,
0: the, on, on my Patreon uh, mentorship, but I knew you before, right? Yes, because um, I, I knew your name, I, and I know you bought stuff from my website because <laughs> I remember <laughs> your name from there. <laughs> i see these orders i know the names
1: we were we were talking synesthesia on twitter one time
0: oh yeah that's see i haven't used twitter regularly in a long time so that was probably a while ago
1: it was yeah it was a few years back
0: yeah i kind of stopped going on twitter but um yeah so we kind of knew each other i knew your work though because when i when you talked to me about the doing the mentorship mentorship thing it's like i recognized your work and um I just love it. I think it's so cool and so different from what mm-hmm. anybody's doing in the, especially in the dark art scene and yeah. just watercolors in general are insane. Not a lot of people doing watercolors, especially the way you're doing it, which is really weird. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> You've got your own uh, style of, of doing watercolors, which is uh, I, you know, I tried watercolors. I've tried watercolors, I try it once every few years, and I'm like, "This is too hard. I can't do it." And then I don't do it. And then a few years later, I'm like, "Oh, I see something in watercolor that'd be pretty cool." And then I try it. It's like, "No, this is it. Just doesn't. It doesn't come naturally to me like uh, acrylics or oils did." You know?
1: Yeah, I was I was the opposite. I, it was um, kind of the only thing that's ever really come naturally to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, in what the about beginning... drawing? Um... I mean. Do you have a drawing
0: background or is it or are you more yeah. of a painter
1: No. Well it's funny because I, I swore I would never paint at one point in my life, which is basically <laughs> code for I'm um, scared to learn how. But yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> painting sucks. Uh, you know, I am gonna be such a good paint, uh, pencil artist that I am gonna <laughs> I'm gonna raise the level where it's on the same same standard yeah, as I don't need, to, I don't as, need yeah, to paint. Right? <laughs> uh, no, it was just you know, I I, I think in retrospect, I was scared, but, um, so I started drawing since I was three. Which, so I guess that came naturally to me, but,
0: oh, yeah, um, same, same as me,
1: but watercolor. I just, I remember distinctly there was, um, a class I took in kind of freshman year. It's kind of a long story, but, but in an art class and I just started doing tricks in watercolor and I just knew how.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's um, the medium you should work in. I always say, you know. Yeah. The one that you just feel like you know already a little bit, you
1: know. But then there was like 15 years of trying to tame it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to it's it's kind of easy to do something crazy and drip stuff in water and put some water and have it make cool patterns, but when it comes to like rendering something, that's a whole other story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I what I I've, I've heard some people say that um watercolor is easier to start with but harder to master. Ah. and oil is harder to get started with but easier to master at least compared uh, to watercolor
0: i could see that i could see that that makes sense yeah i've got a uh i have a water uh, yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> what? no i've got this big watercolor of a flower that lisa's grandmother made that's really cool it's this like, oh, painting cool. we got for her after she died um and uh i don't know i just every time i think watercolor i think of that painting and how hard it is to do watercolors. But uh, I don't know. You know, like like I said before, your stuff doesn't look like typical watercolor, you know. So you're obviously doing some other stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, it's uh, – yeah, I'd say like at least half of my paintings, like the backgrounds that you look at are um, – I don't use brushes really that much. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll, I, what i you well, using I'll, then? <laughs> I'll use the brush –
0: your fingers <laughs> well,
1: I mean I use the brush but it's not like it ever hits the panel that I use I'll use it I'll throw the paint at it Uh-huh So so a lot of it is um applying different amounts of water to set up an effect and then throwing the paint into the water and then having it kind of do its thing
0: That's crazy this is yeah. not painting the figure though. This is like setting up your backgrounds and stuff. This or? is just
1: yeah, just the abstract, you know. Okay. Stuff that um like in the um the piece that's a copro right now, the fire stuff is right, right. is is I use brushes a little bit. I'll I'll steer the things. hmm But I kinda set it up to do a um to create certain effects. You know, I'll just I'll Sometimes I'll set up pools of water and then I'll, I'll, eye drop in. Oh, wow. Some, because the trip, yeah, yeah. I got it. I'll, I'll, you got
0: to do a, you got to do live streaming, man. We were just I, talking about this I off will. the air. It's like, I want to see that. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, that, it's different. That's, I, that is, you know, I, I mentioned the, the, uh, uh, I mentioned the mentorship tier cause I, I want to state it up front that it's not like a product placement thing, and I, I want to be be open about it. And that I'm that you're on because I really love your work, and I think your work is you know I I I just think you're you're great, and I've been wanting you to come on the uh, we talked about this. You come on the podcast for a while now, and um, but that that's kind of one thing I wanted to to mention. The stuff we've kind of worked uh, out together on the mentorship. It's like it hasn't been technique at all. It's been more like thinking about how you're thinking about creating your work it's more been like and it's like i didn't even really just it didn't even occur to me until i just thought about it it's not like i'm like oh you got to draw this better or anything like that it's like
1: there's technique stuff that comes up but yeah it's yeah but it's it's largely been more like
0: rethinking trying to get in touch with i don't know the art spirit kind of thing or definitely
1: that uh, mainly not overthinking things as I yeah, said no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes not overthinking that overthinking
1: part um yeah, yeah I mean I could I could a while about what I've learned I, I think um you know it's funny you you're um kind of bringing it up in a specific way because I was joking that I try and not turn this into like a three-hour <laughs> ad for the mentorship program yeah. so I'll, I'll, I'll get that part out of the way which is just to say that um I feel pretty confident that I'm probably three to five years further along than I would have been if I hadn't done the mentorship. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So thank you. Um, Hey, thank you. But, um, yeah, a lot of it is, um, really trying to figure out what it is I'm trying to say, uh, how I can say it in more like genuine way, Mm -hmm. um, how to not really dwell on how things will be, perceived or received by anybody
0: right uh, Right. and
1: and just kind of working through it and that's the stuff where um that's really valuable you know the other stuff i think technique marketing business like you can find courses on those things but but to um it, it really is turning into like an ad sorry but um it's like <laughs> yeah. you know to really find like like customized tailored advice on blocks that i'm setting up or ways that I'm limiting myself. I think that's probably mm. a good way to summarize it. Is that um, a lot of my stuff is is helping me push further to realize my my potential, right? It's 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 right. rare that yeah. you ne- you never say like do it this way, right? You might offer some suggestions, but it's right. mainly you know you're pretty good at seeing where I'm kind of holding myself back, and then helping yeah. me to push it and try and try things that I might not have tried otherwise.
0: Oh, cool, cool yeah it's been you know i i and i know i've said this a million times but it's been so fun to just watch it's been fun working with with uh artists on this cuz it's like uh i don't know uh, i know i've mentioned it but it's it's like uh uh more rewarding than i expected like personally cuz it's cool to see people especially you know if you're working with someone who's open and <clears throat> and there's not any kind of weird like power dynamic or anything. It's more like just, Hey, let's, let's try and, you know, figure this thing out or try and make it better or whatever. It's like, it's super fun in that way. So, um, yeah, I, I we, we don't have to keep talking about it cause I, <laughs> I feel weird about it. I know. I, I you know, <laughs>
1: I don't, neither of us wants to be self-serving. So.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. But, but, uh, but you're, you know, the 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 cop the last copro piece is my favorite piece you've done. I have to say, and and um, thanks. That's been that that has been furthest in. This is one of the more recent pieces you've done in the mentorship. I'm not just saying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but that that piece is definitely like I want to use that for the uh, uh, the the cover image of this podcast. Okay. That was like when you when you presented that piece because I you know I've been saying like you got to get on the podcast and you're kind of like, you know, we'll talk about it. You took a little, almost like a break from your promoting your career and stuff for a while. And you're kind of back into it. Yeah. And, and you've been, you know, really working hard to get going again. And so I've been, you know, we've been talking like, yeah, you come on maybe and prep your, get ready, have your store set up this, that. And, um, so we it hasn't been like any kind of pressing thing when you're going to be the show but when i saw that piece i was like oh we got to get him on the show this piece is too good this is like this is the you know this piece is i love that piece it's my favorite piece you've ever done so awesome
1: thank you um yes and thanks for uh obviously thank you very much for inviting me to be in the show and um it 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 helped me to to push myself a little bit one of the things that you and i were just talking about a a little while ago is part of why i'm happy with the piece is that i am um, it it's more like the the synesthesia which we should probably yeah i should, I should explain to everybody because they don't <laughs>
0: yes this is another nobody thing, knows what
1: it is um,
0: thing we have in common
1: <clears throat> but bef- you know the short version of it before we explain it is um it's the closest to the the things that i see in my mind right i'm sure I'll, there's a lot of artists right. who, are, who are like that every every artist struggles where you Oh man, I just, I'm feeling, you know, empathy for, for your artists starting out. Cause you have these glorious visions in your mind and then you just don't have the skills to, to right. get it on, yeah, on so canvas or paper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why you got to draw a bunch of bullshit first for years. You have to draw fruit and your cat and naked people and this and that. So you got to draw all the bullshit so you can create the thing that's in your head. You know, that's how it works.
1: Somebody famous, I forget. You might remember who it is, but somebody in the art world said something like, "You've got like ten thousand bad drawings."
0: Yeah, Chuck
1: Jones, yeah. I think. Okay,
0: that cartoonist.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy who did all the Warner Brothers and Bugs Bunny stuff. Yeah, he's a genius. Yeah, um, yep. yeah, and that's it. You know, you just, you just like, you got to stick with it and just. No, get the it, crappy ones out, <laughs> Going to hate it for a while. And then eventually you'll start saying, Hey, that, that's, that's like what I'm thinking. And that, that's what happened with that piece, you know? And it was, it was, right. uh, you get to that point where you're like, Oh, now I, I like what I did. Am I allowed to show it? Right. Like, is, is, is it okay <laughs> that I don't, I'm not suffering. Right.
0: Right. Um, is it okay that I don't hate this,
1: that I don't hate I it. Th- yeah. But, I um, think that I suck. So that is interesting because, uh, I I think that's going to be like a, a change in trajectory for my work. I'm going to do more work like that now. Even yeah. the, um, the other piece I did that's uh, at Dark Art Emporium now in the show that the buddy yeah. curated it was along the same lines. I, I pushed it yeah. a bit and got a little weirder with it. Too. Thank you. Um, and darker. Yeah, they're both definitely darker.
0: Uh, <laughs> Would you know Didn't have to be, but I'm just you know.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's like it you saw my sort of dark work and and then it's it's not like you chose it cuz you knew it was going to be as dark as it was. Right. I was kind of surprise after you, after, you, after you chose it. Yeah, um, yeah, it was
0: a pleasant surprise. But uh
1: thanks man. It, dude, it means a lot that uh that you like it. Um and it's yeah, I was proud of it. I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to share it because it. Was, What's the name of it? Uh, it's Ango, um, which is um, one of the Greek root words for anxiety. It's about anxiety. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Perfect title too.
1: Yeah, Ango so, literally means uh, oh. like to feel like you're suffocating.
0: Oh, cool. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> what a fun. <laughs> what a fun feeling.
0: <laughs> hey but it's you know it's not a fun feeling but i bet it's a feeling that a lot of people can relate to and you know this is the name of the game when it comes to making art you know is cr- creating something people can relate to
1: well that that's kind of the hope and i actually the the <clears throat> model who helped me with it um is somebody uh that i know just from things she's posted publicly so i think she's okay with me saying this but to, she's experience anxiety and depression. The other one for the other show was mm. about depression. And, um, mm. and so I had the idea to do those two things. And then I reached out and I said, uh, you're either going to love the idea of collaborating on this or you're going to hate it because you know <laughs> it's going to remind you of these. And she was all into it. And, and that's my hope is that other people who, you know, get anxious, see that. And it's some kind of, you know, relief, or it's at least, you know, like you're not alone.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, acknowledgement. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny because it's that's always been my go-to musically, especially my go-to. Like if I'm feeling pissed or upset or anxious, angry or anxious or whatever. Like I don't go to happy music to calm me down. It's more like I go to angry or angsty or aggressive music. That like for some reason, it's almost like if you resonate on the same level. Or you find some art that resonates on the same level that you're feeling. It's like it it neutralizes it or something. You know, I don't know that it necessarily works that way, but that it makes me feel good. Like I, I think about being stuck in my car and being at a job I was unhappy at, and just being so frustrated, and just cranking on this, you know, angry music or whatever, <clears throat> and it made me just. It just made me feel better. It's like it soothed me, you know.
1: Yeah, I I think in um in therapy and in psychology I think that they they ask people to um when you're overwhelmed by feelings like that of anxiety or depression one of the types of therapies is just for you to start naming how you feel.
0: Just kind Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Of tuning into that feeling and sometimes it helps kind of dissipate that sense and so it could be an aspect of that or it could just be um when you feel those things you feel like you're the only one
0: right, the, every, yeah.
1: everybody's normal everybody's healthy everybody's fine and then you're this, this <laughs> yeah. broken toy right? that <laughs> has anxiety or or is depressed and so when you see somebody else is going through it you're like it takes some of your burden off of you
0: yeah it really does it really does therefore dark art is great and valuable like I always say
1: yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it's, it's very, it's cathartic. It's this, I, I can't imagine how tired you must be of having to say the, the same thing over and over again. It's like, well, it's not just, you know, it's not skulls and snakes, you know, it's its like, it's about really digging into what makes you feel terrible, you know, what, what uh, and and then trying to, to confront that. And there's the, you know, there's the Young quote, I think, or it's either Jung or, or Campbell quote that you have about, you know, you can't really define the light without the darkness. Right. Um, Exactly. So, yeah, there's go ahead. I was just going to say, it'd be nice if, you know, your intentions with, um, getting dark art better known, so that people just knew that that's what it was about.
0: Yeah, that's the idea. I mean, that's what I I was just about to say it's like I I almost don't even need to say it anymore, not on this podcast anyway. It's like everybody, you know, anybody who listens regularly knows knows the deal, knows how I feel about it anyway, but um uh okay, let's you know what? Let's 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 go back. Let's go back to little Steve. <laughs> Okay. No, I just, I just want to kind of go, kind of kind of go through your history a little bit, sure. like, you know, how you were as a kid and the stuff you were into, and did you go to art school? And because uh, you went to art school, and uh, you know, blah blah blah, just the kind of the regular career stuff, and then we can talk about your synesthesia and get into the fun stuff.
1: Okay, you, uh, mm-hmm. let me know, you know, jump in because it's you know it's always weird to talk about yourself. I feel like. <laughs> you're being self-indulgent. Yeah. So you, you guide me, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I, I started like when I was three, I remember what it was like, um, in nursery school, you know, all the kids were drawing and I guess I didn't act for it because when I was drawing, like kids would stand around and then like watch me draw and give me requests and stuff. And so oh, wow, that's exciting when you're a little kid because you feel special and you feel yeah man you know, talk
0: that's and 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 uh, uh you have a, a moment where it's like you're <clears throat> something you're doing is being positively reinforced yeah. you know and, and that's like that's a that's that's a major that that gets in your brain it's like the 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 uh, neurons or what however your synapses you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like there's
1: that. get locked in there's that, for, yeah, neurons that uh, fire together, wire together, saying right. that they have.
0: Yeah, um,
1: yeah anyway. it, was, it was definitely, it reinforced it. And I was lucky. Um, my parents were supportive. Um, oh, good. My mom uh, got us, it was my sister and myself. My sister's three years older, and she got us art lessons when I was a little kid. Um, oh, which cool. Just like find local art teachers or whatever. I remember going, like, I barely remember this, but going on Saturdays, uh, and, and doing art. And then, um, uh, just kept drawing. And it was, it was the thing that I was known for. I was very shy as a kid and, um, wasn't really good at being social. And so, uh, art helped me to not just completely fade into the background. Right. Um, and uh same here yeah i mean I, I everybody on the podcast is kind of saying like <laughs> yeah, <"During,">
0: and, <laughs> most people
1: you know and, and, and it works well i mean i think part of why so i got to be very good at doing portraits um yeah when i was in like my early teens and part of why is because i'd come home from school and other kids would you know hang out with their friends or play sports or whatever and i would just set to drawing
0: yeah. For, for, you know
1: <laughs> whenever I got home from school till dinner time, and then maybe a little bit after and just right. draw and draw and draw and it was it was different so a lot of it was comic books when I was a kid
0: uh, uh,
1: that's what yeah, I thought yeah. I I was going to do for a while and then I, I learned that that was like probably more of a grueling career than I could handle um yeah <laughs> and uh, when I was 14, I got really lucky. So in Philly, so I grew up outside of Philly in a suburb um, outside of Philly, and there's a lot of art schools in Philly, um, which is an amazing thing to to have access to. But uh, one yeah. of them um, was Moore College of Art, which is just for women, but they had classes there for younger kids. Huh. So I started doing life drawing when I was 14, oh, which wow. was, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was great. I mean, it's there's nothing better, right? There's nothing, yeah, more difficult. And uh, and thankfully, I had a good teacher. Um, because I always hear you ask people, like, "Is art school worth it?" It, it I think, it really depends on the teachers.
0: And well, that's what I don't know if you heard the last one with yet yeah, with um, Derek Hess. Did you listen to that one yet? Just or? like
1: at the beginning of it, I didn't get okay the whole thing yet.
0: He we talk about that like. He credits because I was admiring his his drawing ability, the way he he's you know gestural and just fucking knows. It. You can tell he knows his shit when you see his drawings, and he was just crediting basically like these two teachers he had for for all that you know really. He, and it's like that that's got to be all the difference is the teachers, you know.
1: The teacher will tell you one thing. There there was a guy. So I've always been passionate about going to art school and and I have really never stopped. Um, but there was a guy who taught me something. I'm trying to think. I was probably in my late 20s and changed the way I drew. Just made it that much. Wow. It was like yeah. it's like in a couple of seconds. Um, <laughs> taught me a thing about like, um, you know, just if you're trying to to create the edge of a form, then you put like a dark next to that light. And the instead of like you know people will draw outlines.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You
1: know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And I, I didn't exactly mm-hmm. draw outlines, but I didn't really think of it that um, completely where if you just put a black next to a white, it now it looks real suddenly. Right. You know, because in, in real life, there's no yeah. outlines to things. Right. Like people are right. <laughs> especially when people draw noses or whatever, they're trying to.
0: They, yeah. Yeah. They
1: they draw the nose. But what you need to do is draw the shadow that comes up against the nose and that creates the form of the nose
0: right you know or
1: or whatever so you know it took him like a second to tell me that and suddenly i was that much better you know and so if you if you have good teachers then then you can really i i found that they just accelerate things you'll spend years screwing around just trying to find that on your own where somebody can just just teach you but um so yeah i was doing i was doing life drawing and just I was, I was determined to be an artist. I would study anatomy. Um, I wound up being able to take an anatomy class in, in high school. So I was like dissecting things just to learn. Damn. How, so
0: you uh, were committed, committed to being a fine artist way back then. It's yeah, so weird that you took a break. I mean, well, we don't have to go that far ahead, but, um,
1: yeah, we, we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it was like, it was a straight line. And what I would say is that, in retrospect, I wished that I had diversified a little bit and I think that would have helped. Oh, really? Like yeah. in what way? Well, so part of my big thing going all the way through to, um, probably seven or eight years ago was like, I was about technique and not really about, I didn't, ah. I didn't understand fine art. Right. I was, right. I could, I could do a portrait that looked very much like somebody and, 20 minutes. Right. But I didn't really connect with like saying things or, you know, what fine art is really all about. Right. And I. Right.
0: So maybe you you should have taken some of those bullshit classes that everyone complains about where it's all about expression, you know?
1: (laughs) I think it would have helped. Yeah. And, and so kind of the short version is, um, so I went through high school doing art. I actually took a break for a couple of years because, um, I, Discovered girls right and i was like yeah. you know i don't know how to talk to people because <laughs> all i can do is draw <laughs> and so i took a couple of years to try and like integrate it into society right and figure out <laughs> um and that so it seems did...
0: like it would be a great way to 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 meet girls as a teenage kid That's like let me draw you started
1: or... i did that i did that you know i did portraits <laughs> i did portraits but but it was it was this weird thing and i don't know you know if i was just Overthinking it, but
0: um, G. I wonder. Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) Chet's number one lesson for me, for those of you. But but, uh, I I felt like people only liked me for my art. Like I was like I became like a performer, and I and they didn't really care who I was and whether that was true or not. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna put the art down for a little bit and see if people like me, you know, for who I am or not, which is. I mean, it was led to a, a number of really rough years in high school of <laughs> lots of yeah. stuff that nobody cares to hear about. But, um, so I picked it up again, um, probably the beginning of senior year. Cause I was like, well, I know I'm going to go to school for art and I have to get a portfolio together to get accepted into an art school. Right. So that's when I started it up again. Um, and um, so towards the,
0: like the end of your, like your senior year or something you started.
1: Well, I was taking art class in senior year. So like at the beginning of the year and it was basically, I was able to use that class to assemble a portfolio. Right. Yeah. Um, but still did. I have not, to, yeah.
0: I I have to interject and say, it, it is pretty funny that a little ki- or not a little kid, but even a high school kid would be like, have, have a, it's kind of a sophisticated thought to, 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 think, like, I wonder if people like me for myself or just for my drawing. For me, it was like, you know, I was I was just happy they liked me. For, for, they just liked me, period. It's like, yeah. if it's for the artwork, that's cool. It's fine. You know, It just seems a little, uh, I mean, it seems smart to me, like kind of like older than your years kind of way of thinking. It's maybe something that you might have in your 20s or something or, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't I do. It a little... Seems a little advanced. That's kind of, you must have been a smart kid.
1: I, I don't know. It's hard to comment on yourself, but but I. Um, <laughs> you must but, have been.
0: If you thought that in like whatever it was, junior high or high school, and you're thinking you need, it was like a kind of yeah. a big enough thing to stop drawing, you know?
1: I wasn't dumb. <laughs> I can yeah, say you that. Yeah, okay, you were
0: dumb. Okay,
1: you were dumb. But. Uh, anyway, yeah, so. So portfolio. I didn't know how to paint. I didn't know how to paint. And I was on this thing where I'm like, and I really pushed doing pencil work as far as I could like I, I had this sweet deal where I am um, in one of my art classes uh, this other student would she just sat there in the class with just like her feet up on the desk and then I drew her like life size for like, oh, wow. <laughs> and didn't really know about how to express myself so I literally drew like every link on the chain on her necklace and like right she had these flip-flops I still remember many years later and I drew like every little square on the bottom of the flip-flops and <laughs> so so I felt really good about drawing but I didn't know anything about color theory and I didn't even really know medium or or anything and um don't remember what was in my high school portfolio I must have done a couple of things but I got into art school um and um
0: your parents were cool with that going to art art college <clears throat>
1: The rule was uh, <laughs> that I had I couldn't just go to a straight art school like in Philly. University of the Arts is a great art school, um, and there's a few others. Um, but so I went to Syracuse University, where it was um, you would you would get the full education, right? So I had to take classes okay. in. Um, like when I was there, that's when I started waking up and realizing like different parts of life would help with art. So I took. Right, philosophy and psychology and political science and uh. I just like gorged myself on all the different things that I could I could learn and study, but um, while having an art major.
0: Okay,
1: um, and it was I, I yeah
0: I, I totally get that concern of parents now being now being a grandparent even that you know when when you're younger you're like ah oh, you should just support them and let them go to an expensive art college and it's like. Man, I I forget what the percentage of, 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 uh, students that it's like, there's such a low percentage of, of students that make it as professional artists at art, at art school. So it's, you know, I, I get that. I I think that's, you know, if I, if my kid was going to art school or with the grandkids, I would be probably, even as an artist, I would be like, you know, like your parents did take a, get a well-rounded education, Yeah, you know? Because imagine spending all that money and sending your kid to art school and having it be like a total bullshit, you know, where people are taping hot dogs on themselves and you know oh, rolling yeah. around in glass and shit, and like you're spending, spending two hundred thousand, thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be so fucking pissed. And I'm an artist, that I'd be pissed. <laughs> you know, there's just
1: there's also like a lot of bad art teachers out there, you know. And I, yeah, it was it was weird for me at Syracuse. So there was um this weird thing was like some of the art teachers were rivals with each other.
0: Oh God. Are you serious? Yeah.
1: And, and it was just, it was all ego. You know, I mean, you've got this three hour studio, which is, this is a glorious thing, right? Like, so now you're out of school and your job is to spend 15 hours in the studio. And then, you know, homework on top of that. And you're basically say, you know, told like you get to hang out with a bunch of kids, your age and you're on your own. And your job is to just make art for you know 15 to 30 i mean it was it was the best right like right right but for those three hour studios the the teachers would just go and they just talk about themselves and every accomplishment they ever had and they would just <laughs> the, the bad, good ones would you know unlock things like there was this one guy his name was bob dacey and he was um so i wanted to, i didn't know what my major should be i bounced around a lot and switched mm. major at least once maybe twice and wound up getting a an illustration degree hmm. um and again the trajectory was was straight i wanted to be an artist but i didn't know what the hell to do with it right
0: right right just
1: trying to acquire skills as i went hoping that someday i could figure out what to do and um so this guy bob Dacey, the stuff he tells me i still think of now you know decades later oh wow yeah just like little some of the stuff on the on the art jam that we do on fridays for for dark mm-hmm. arts i a couple of other people and they're like blown away and i'm like yeah that's, that's this guy bob Day. he was a um, bob daisy he was an illustrator he did a lot of stuff there was this whole career that people had um guys like bernie pukes and um uh, blanking on all their names but they were the big editorial guys and they would um they'd start you there was like a path if you wanted to you'd they'd start off in penthouse because penthouse apparently was um for those of you who don't remember for the internet, you, you have to get uh, porn in magazines. And one of them was called <laughs> Penthouse. And it was, you know, it was porn magazine, but they were making so much money that they could be really um, daring with the artists that they would hire. And they had right. a lot of I get I don't know if it was like they had to justify the existence for publishing or whatever, but they would print stories from like great authors, right? And so these guys would go there and get their jobs first and then they would go and work at like more established magazines and things like that. And there's a whole school of these, these people. And, um, and so Bob Dacey, um, was like, he was one of those guys and he was teaching and and he was just like hardcore, but some of the other teachers were just like this one guy was trying to get tenure. And, um, (laughs) it found out like right before I was going to graduate, like he was with one of the students and so you yeah. didn't get tenure and it was, it was like this weird thing. I'm like, I'm just trying to learn how to make pictures and make a living. And <laughs> so it's, so yeah. anyway, but, yeah. um, but what was cool about art school too, is you get exposed to so many different things. So I had to do printmaking, yeah. I did linoleum cuts, I did wood cuts. I had to do, um, screen printing and mm. all this stuff helps you. Even if you only pick yeah. one, one medium, like if you're, if you're doing it right, everything informs everything Absolutely. else. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, more you know. the, the more you know, the more you know. So, so what happened was I, um, I get this illustration degree, and I'm like, okay, I've got the plan, and I'm gonna try and like my, you know, the big dream at the time was like I'm gonna go on the cover of Time magazine. Right? There was a guy who had, mm-hmm. who had just um done an illustration that had OJ on it. his name was Matt Mahern. He did the video for uh, Metallica's Unforgiven, and like he was like a Rockstar illustrator guy. And it was like, I'm going to be the next, next Matt Mahern, right. Or CF Payne, you know, Chris Payne.
0: Yeah, I know the name.
1: Yeah. 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 So he he was doing covers of like big magazines and things like that. And these guys, anyway. And what happened was on the way to graduating, I met my now wife. Who, Uh um, she was about to go to university, university of Hawaii. So, okay. I graduate school and I go out to Hawaii and now I've got this illustration degree and I'm going to try and make it as an artist. And I try for six months, everything, everything you could think of, like applying to galleries that I hated. Like there was this guy who makes these giant whale murals out there. I applied to those galleries. (laughs) I, I applied at a framing store. I, um, I cold called people to see if they needed illustration. I was like constructing portfolios. And finally I, um, I was like – when I got to Hawaii, the first day there, I got a job at a deli because it's hard to get jobs in Hawaii. And I'm like, I'll upgrade my job later. So I'm trying for six months to get this art thing. I quit the deli. I'm like, I'm going full tilt. This has been my dream since I'm in three. Can't make it work. I go back to the deli because i got to pay the bills. And about a week after I go back to the deli, I go out front – and I'm just chit chatting with one of the customers there. And I was like, well, what do you do? And he's like, Well, I own a multimedia company across the street. And this is when the web is just starting. Nobody even really oh, knows shit. what the web is. Wow.
0: What year are we talking?
1: This is oh, man, I'm gonna date myself. So this is uh <laughs> this is ninety five.
0: Oh yeah. So it's like wow.
1: barely a web or barely an internet, right? People yeah. are on AOL with modem. Yep. And most of my friends don't know what email is. Oh god, yeah. I remember
0: hearing. I remember the first time I heard about the internet. I couldn't. I couldn't understand it. And you get all I excited. I couldn't understand you it.
1: Talk, you're like, trust me. Like this is going to be. You're going to get comfortable <laughs> with email. You're going to want to. I remember talking to my wife, there. being like,
0: I don't understand what they're talking about. Like we both couldn't get it. It was like such a foreign concept.
1: I was trying to explain to people. So anyway, so I get so so the guy's like, well, what do you do? And I had taken. You know, again, I was just trying to acquire skills, not knowing when I would use them. And I had taken some Photoshop and Illustrator classes. And so I said, uh, but I didn't really know computers. And I said, well, I know these things. And he's like, we'll come on by tomorrow and, uh, and we'll see if we can do something for you. And so I get there and he's like, Hey, this is our new intern, Steve. Oh, and is that a good thing? That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm like, are you going to just teach me about it? And he's like, no, 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 you're hired. Well, I wasn't hired. I worked for free for a while. <laughs> still, still working at the deli but but i acquired all these skills and that okay. is what shifted tr- the trajectory away from art
0: right oh i see okay okay
1: so I that was and i was like well this is like a big deal like in history there are only a few things that had, like you know the printing press comes out you know like yeah
0: and you were aware you were aware what a big deal it was like you you saw it coming
1: yeah yeah somehow mm. i was tuned in and i knew it and i remember like that day, my first day on the job literally i was supposed to it took me 3 days to do this i had to photocopy a manual for a director hmm. that, that was like the you know the the executive level challenging tasks that i was given <laughs> uh, but even doing that just staring at that copier for like 8 hours straight my knees felt weird cuz i'm like your life has changed like you you have been given this opportunity to learn these skills that will change your life right if you wow. work yeah. hard and you do it so so that kept me busy for several years I went and I just, you know, and it was creative, you know, I was still designing yeah, yeah. It. and it was exciting. You know, it, it like cushioned the blow from not doing art because I was making things that people actually could use as opposed to, you know, right. artwork. Like you can't like, you can't like buy stuff with artwork. You know what I mean? Like you can't. Right. But it always at me. And, and for years I was like, should I try and be a fine artist? Shouldn't I be trying to be a fine artist? And so finally when my um oldest son was about to be born i just had this vision of him like opening a closet and seeing all my old paintings and and being like well what's this right i'm like wow what a terrible lesson for him like you're born with this skill you work hard you, you you master it and then you do nothing right so right so it's like i have to i have to get into a show and so that's when i got serious about you know trying to be a fine artist and and so,
0: um, so how long were you working in that, at that job or in that field when you, like how long, when did you, you know, let me do the math. I mean, I had, and what did you, what did you specialize in too? Once you got like a position you're, you were designing like,
1: that's like a whole podcast. Yeah. So I was, when I started <laughs> off, I, I learned how to code quick version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I learned how to code and I learned how to, uh, design. And oh, okay. so I was just building websites and just. Okay. And I was really fast and and I didn't make mistakes. And then um, I did that for about five years and then I shifted into um, this thing called user experience, which um, in a sentence, is I'm the person who makes the site easy to use. And if you go to a website and you get really frustrated or an app, if you get really frustrated, then there wasn't somebody like me who worked on that. Right. Um, And you have to learn psychology and how people process information and things like that and, and apply it. And that's pretty much what I what I still do today in my day job now I'm um, at an app company um, and um, managing a design department other designers and uh, it's great I mean it's the it's the best not painting job in the world it's at least for me you know it's that's cool man. yeah I love it it's 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 really good Um, and that's just how much I like painting it's like my I feel like I've talked to you about this before but my life would be way easier if I didn't paint
0: Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can
1: spend time with my friends and, you know, but I'm constantly like, you know, I go to work and I do my thing and I take care of my kids and I hang out with my wife and then I, then I paint and I paint and I paint and it's, right. I just can't stop. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's, that means you should, you should be doing it, you know?
1: Yeah. I think that's it. You know, when you think <laughs> about like, what are you going to say to young artists, like if they should be an artist or not? And it's like, only if you can't stop, yeah. <laughs> you know, only if yeah. you can't help yourself, yeah because it's exactly it's really well, we've talked about that before
0: Robert Williams I'm sure a million artists too said that um, only if it's a compulsion if there's nothing else you can do you know it should be the <laughs> the last thing if you the last thing if as a career you know only do it only pursue it if it's all you know if you can't help it if you can't stop basically because it's so hard to do as a living but
1: but it's rewarding right it's it, I was thinking oh yeah
0: it satisfies this weird part of you you know well aside and it's just, from the
1: it's so success earned. part it's so earned do you know what I mean like I I know yeah. artists out there I know I know there's like a group of artists and they're just like wealthy people's kids and they all buy each other's kids art and that's like a thing but but for the most part you know if, if you are a successful artist you you built that like brick by brick yourself
0: right yeah 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 Yeah, it's super satisfying yeah for sure yeah like uh even the the individual paintings themselves like every like everything feels like you're building it's you're building towards this thing and then each painting to me it feels like uh when they're done it feels like and maybe this is just because i'm like a fat person (laughs) who likes to eat a lot but (laughs) but it feels like (laughs) it feels like you ate this really good meal when you Yeah, done with,
1: that's how I feel with a
0: painting, like that kind of satisfaction, like, ah, oh, that was so good. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Well, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking about how um, it's this compulsion, and and um, I'll forget to eat. You know, I'll just, I'll just, I'll go and I'll stand yeah, in front of. I don't have that problem. <laughs> I um, will uh, <laughs> go and, and I'll, I, you know, maybe it's just me, but I'll just go and I'll, I'll just paint you know, for six or seven hours straight and just kind of lose track. And then, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. I mean, I'll forget to shower, (laughs) you know, it's (laughs) like, I I will shut everything off. You know, I will completely get lost in it and just forget, you know, I'm throwing shit on the floor, paper towels. And I'm just like totally in the zone, but I rarely forget to eat. (laughs) 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 That's just me. Probably because I'm like a stress eater. So it's, you know, anyway, <laughs> that's another, that's another, another podcast. Anyway, so,
1: so, so probably I'd been doing, um, it's probably about 10 years. I mean, I was still painting off and on. And then I was like really getting closer to doing artwork and then, uh, and, 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 and kind of picked it back up again. Uh, and went through that period. If you're ever an artist who, who isn't regularly creating, and then you go back and you realize that you're terrible, like you're, your skills have kind of eroded. Like, oh wow! The last I, I've actually done that a few times, and the last time I did that, I swore it would be the last because it's so humiliating frustrating. and frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I can't, I can't do what I used to do. So, so you know, just kind of kicking around and painting and learning watercolor and just kind of figuring out, you know, like the the way that I I paint. Like, I'll lose a I are used to anyway the painting would just like literally slide off of the the panel. It would just be too much water and it would just like pull the whole thing right off <laughs> and just be on the floor, you know? So, yeah, so yeah, learning how to deal with that sometimes. and, and manage watercolor with, which is just like a ton of physics. And it's, you know, if you, the, the amount of water on the brush and the amount of water on the surface and the amount of pigment, and you know, you have yeah. to kind of calculate all that stuff. Um, and so then I decided to show and, It's like you talk about when you, you know, when you, I forget the Campbell quote, It's like when you commit to bliss, the the walls that were once there become doors or or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody had seen my stuff that I was posting online and just said, hey, do you want to be in this online show? Which in 2009 was like a weird thing to be online. (laughs) I was like, I can't be picky, right? Like no one. So his name is um, um, Sean Jenkins or jenks he's uh he's a good guy he he does encaustic photography Mm. work and um then like a couple months after that this is not a lesson for for young artists because this never happens i got a solo wow and it was this gallery um so in philly there was this amazing spot they took this old like i think it was a schaefer brewery and they they turned into like a european piazza and it was called the piazza and it was this huge open courtyard and all these buildings all around. And there was at least three or four galleries there. Cool. And it was such a cool time and they all had different um, themes. And so this one, Amberella, this woman, um, Amber, who's a, uh, she's a street artist. She's pretty accomplished. And um, I don't, you may not have seen this, but one of the things she's done recently are these um, Valentine hearts, but they're black. And they have sayings that there's like a dark humor to the saying. Oh
0: no. And no, they're like
1: inspirational. That. She's, she's amazing. So she used, to cool. run, she used to run this gallery and her aesthetic was like perfect for my, like at the time, very vibrant aesthetic. Right. And so I, my friend's like, you got to show in this gallery. I know you're, you're starting to try and show it and you got to go. And so I wrote her and, and Amber was like, Oh, I saw your stuff already online somehow. And, uh, wow. and so she gave me the show. And so then I did 21 pieces Seven of them sold the first night. And this is
0: wait a minute. This is from at what point were you're like I'm going to start showing. How long did it take to where you had this solo show?
1: Uh like a couple of months.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. It's
1: crazy. Well, but here's, but
0: it is you know the universe going like you know maybe giving you a hint. But you know that it's a good good idea. Anyway, sorry.
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the dose of reality was like it would be a long time.
0: Oh, From right. when I
1: had a solo show again, right? It was like, <laughs> I got super lucky and super jaded. and um, Okay,
0: so, you, but anyway, you sold seven pieces? Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Great, you know, that's great. Yeah.
1: So then I just took any show I could over the next couple of years and got really burnt out. Mm-hmm. And that's when I yeah. learned, like, taking shows is not necessarily going to build your career if you just take every show at every weird place. right as an offer show like it's you gotta you have to think about it a little bit right and yeah, you and you, to have strategic. To, you have to be strategic and you have to think about like well how do i get my work in front of the people who are going to buy my work right like just when you're
0: starting yeah when you're starting out though it's something you don't know who your buyers are though you know what i mean so that's when i understand i did the same thing showed anywhere that would have me basically because you're figuring out who are the people that like my stuff you don't even know you know
1: yeah. I think, I feel like you were just like smarter about it in some way. Like I was, a lot of it was going to the same places, but it was just things mm. like jewelry yeah. stores that wanted to have Yeah, no one's buying yeah. art, things, right? Like <laughs> bars, a lot of bars. Right. Uh, and it was cool. Like, you know, I love Philly. And so I got to like, I showed like at all the major neighborhoods in Philly, which was fun, but that was kind of all that that got me was, you know, feeling cool about that. I, you know, <laughs> got to take my wife to some cool dates, you know? <laughs> so, so then I decided to take a step back and I was like, this is not really working. I'm super burnout. At this point, I have like a two or three year old. We're thinking about having another kid. And, um, I was like, I don't really know fine art. Like, I don't really know concepting. Like, I'm not really saying anything with my work. And, and so I really like I kept working a little bit, but then I just tried to get in touch with like well, what do I like and what do artists do and what do I want to read mm-hmm. about? What do I want to say with my paintings? And um started talking to like a lot of smart people. Um Caitlin Foisey, who we've talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. She's like
1: a writer, artist. She just did a bunch of stuff for the um Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins tours, those two different tours. She did a lot of the set design for that.
0: Wow. Oh, she was cool. like
1: helped me figure some things out um jess schnabel who does blood milk jewelry or, i'm sorry jess, oh, schnabel, yeah. jess schnabel horky who um runs <laughs> blood like it was really cool there was this amazing scene and that's in the piazza jess ran a um a gallery and that's where i met buddy Nestor and jeremy hush okay
0: um, so this that, is related to the whole philly dark art scene this place yeah. you're talking about
1: yeah. Like so Jess's place was Toothless Cat, so Buddy had a big solo there the same time I had my solo. Oh wow. So it was cool. You could like walk and see like my bright, happy at the time <laughs> women and buddy's like, you know, X ray of Doom women, like right now, you know, whatever you're into is there at the X-ray of Doom. That's right. <laughs> um But uh so I just had to kinda like get get my head together and figure out what i what i wanted to paint and and that like slowly Mm. happened and that was harder than getting the technical skills in some in some ways
0: Hmm. um interesting
1: but uh then it started happening and then i started showing again so uh 2013 i had a couple pieces at arch enemy um and then uh i got into gristle gallery which is up in brooklyn and started um you know, just kind of figuring my stuff out. And that was still, you know, a few years ago. And then um, I got a little exasperated with galleries, like just just the idea of of like showing in a gallery and and not selling and hoping. And so I took a break. Yeah,
0: It's frustrating.
1: It's you got to look at the big picture. And you got like a real realistic perspective of like, what is and isn't going to happen. And
0: even though you gotta look at the value of the, of having the show, like the, you got to not just look at it as how much am I going to get paid? You got to look at it as, you know, what's the monetary value of being in a show at a good gallery that people are going to go and see it in person, blah, blah. It's going to get promotion. What's that worth? The online promotion value, you know, you have to look at, look at the big picture, like you said.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I just said, well, I'm going to take a break, but I- I want to create, so I'm going to do commercial stuff. And that's when I started doing movie posters and album cover. All right. <clears throat> because that stuff, you know, you get paid up front and it's guaranteed,
0: <laughs> right? Which
1: is, which is different than gallery, but, but you don't, <laughs> you don't necessarily like figure out how to express yourself and things like that. So I'd see yeah, it's,
0: that's commercial art job kind of,
1: it was fun. Uh, and yeah. I have to thank this guy, Patrick Meany, who is a director and I did a lot of posters for a lot of his movies. And, um, and it was really cool uh but then i got back i'm like all right i'm seriously gonna try and do <laughs> do this like yeah. <laughs> and that's been the past few years right and that's maybe like not long before you offered your mentorship hmm. that was oh, um cool. uh and i'm still you know at the time always constantly trying to learn i'm taking classes at this place called studio in commonality in philly which is like the preeminent uh, portrait place in the world just happens oh, to be cool. like you know two blocks from where i was working at the time and um yeah. i took classes at the illustration academy online with uh i got to take class with bilson kevich who was like the reason wow. i he's the reason i got into painting it was you know if, if you guys yeah, don't know bilson kevich go check out his stuff every everything he he's constantly growing he's been doing stuff yeah. since the i think mid 80s and he's just been evolving the whole time He's, wow. he's like supernatural. And, yeah. um, and, uh, and so you were doing these live periscopes. I don't even know if do you remember.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what my periscope account
1: password is. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and what was cool, it was very cool. So at the time I was like, let me see if I can learn oils. And so I was just kind of looking at whatever you did or, or David Sipakis or, you know, I would just try and absorb from anybody who mm. would generously share their process and um uh some of the more interesting things like even beyond that that you would say in the periscope are like oh check out this guy owens art marketing tips or buy buy this book like you know how to paint like a classical painter or whatever and so i would just write that stuff down and learn a lot and was really grateful that you were so generous with that stuff so when i saw that you were offering a mentorship i was like well I, i you know, how often do you get to do this? So, so that's, that's I I jumped into that. But the, the one thing I should say along the way was that, um, I never stopped going to galleries. Right. You know, even when I got frustrated, we used to go, buddy talked a little bit about this on his podcast. Like, um, Jess was writing for, um, I think high fructose at the time and Mm -hmm. another magazine like that called fecal face. And so she would go and have to cover all these openings so a year or two after those guys started doing it, I started driving up to New York. It's like an hour. Well, I guess it's like two hour drive
0: from mm.
1: Philly. So we drive up and then hit a bunch of galleries and then come back. Yeah. And that's it's where important I, man. Yeah. I mean, you, you see what's real, right? Like you can get a sense of like, Oh, I'm pretty good at this. And then you look at what's out there and you're like, oh, right. like this is, <laughs> you know, a yeah, helpful wake up call, you know,
0: sometimes you'll go to a gallery and you're going there because there's an artist you like, you know, at a gallery and you want to see their work in person. And then they're like over in the second room that you didn't even, or the third little room, there's some other artist you never heard of that's like, yeah. what the fuck? Like this other person is doing some amazing shit. I mean, that's happened to me so many times where, you know, so it's really crucial to get out and see what other artists are doing, not just online. I mean, now, now with COVID, right. that's a different story, but, um, You know, when things get normal, it's really it's I mean, I I, that was when I was showing and I was like getting in shows and showing at Cannibal Flower. I was at the Cannibal Flower show every month where when I was showing, I was even when I wasn't showing, I'd go any any time there was an opening in L.A., I would go to it. You know, it's just like and you meet all kinds of people there making those connections. It's 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 crucial. It really is. I mean, if you have access to it, you don't have to do it, but. It's important if you have access to places like that.
1: Yeah, if you can. Well, and that's the thing. There, there was a lot of cool places in Philly. Um, as you know, a lot of amazing artists. Yeah, I,
0: all kinds of amazing artists in Philly.
1: If, if, I, if I get the chance, I actually made the list. I came up with 31 that I know of that are really good in
0: Philly. <laughs> yeah, but if you leave one off, then you're going to really feel bad.
1: That's why I'm afraid to say anything Say <laughs> so you
0: probably better not. <laughs>
1: but it's a huge it's an amazing amazing thriving scene we we can i at some point talk about the philly art team but but the point is like even with all that right with all the these amazing talented people who are really cool um we're still going to new york so you know we're still going like um go to chelsea and we would go to uh um you know last rights we would go over to brooklyn Mm -hmm. you know you just you got to see the work in person and there's really nothing yeah. that gets you wanting to paint. You know, it's this, it's this weird thing that happens where you, you see it and you're like, I should give up because I'll never be this good. But also, wow, I can't wait to hit the canvas because yeah, it's so inspiring that, you know, you see all this work and then, and then you get to meet people and, and that's, um, yeah, I got to be friends with people just from being at their shows and asking them yeah. you know, about their work and, and you know, not, not being a, uh, you know, not being terrible at it. Right. Those two years I took off to learn how to integrate socially, they paid off when I didn't get (laughs) at, at gallery shows. But, um, you know, it's, it's really get in the community and, and, uh, and, and then try different things. You know, there's so many different things. Like my, so my whole background technique that I do, that's like my signature thing happened because in school I was forced to learn about Jackson Pollock. Oh, wow. I was like a guy who just, I just liked realism. I liked the renaissance. Yeah. And um, I had to write this book report on Jackson Pollock and was very angry that I had to do it and then, (laughs) you know, changed my life. Like no other art, you know, and it's the, there's, there's lots of other stories along the way where, where something happened and it it forced me to grow. And that is what I think. Those are the things that are interesting. I think about my work. Is like Mm -hmm. the weird stuff that I, I wouldn't have done if nobody was making me do things that I didn't think that I was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wanted to talk about your work too, because, um, and the, the synesthesia angle, which is really a trip. And, um, yeah, you, I like your, your technique is cool to where you're, you, you set up, um, models and you, you you know you do the traditional model reference thing and <clears throat> but first talk about your synesthesia because that's a big part of your painting and, and yep. as, as you know i haven't talked about it in a long time so for any new listeners i have synesthesia but i have like the lamest synesthesia there is which is every f- word has a flavor and it's called gastroluxical synesthesia is what it's, there's a technical term for it. And someone made a documentary about it even. Apparently, I haven't seen it. I Just your kind. kind? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, wow. my kind is like super rare. It's like one of the rarest ones. Mm-hmm. But it's dumb because, you know, Steve tastes like Rice Krispies. I remember. Um, you know, uh, 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 Jewish tastes like pancakes with a lot of <laughs> syrup on it uh uh jesus tastes like cheetos terrorist tastes like doritos it's all like junk crap food that i used to gr- eat when i was a kid in the 70s so and, and it's and it's uh i didn't realize until i was like in my 30s at rick baker's shop one day i was like holy shit i didn't re-, you know kathy tastes like milk and I never consciously thought about that until right now. But every time I heard the name Kathy, I would get the sensation of the flavor of milk. Like makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, but it, but when I realized it was like, whoa, this is weird. And so I started researching it. And back then, this is like early two thousands, probably two thousand. There was like I couldn't find hardly anything, but the, there was like one or two articles I found, it, and and it, and they didn't specify my kind. But I was like, wow, I have a, I got synesthesia, but you have a cool synesthesia. Like you have the synesthesia I wish I had just like my OCD is not the cool kind of OCD where you keep everything clean. It's it's, (laughs) my OCD is like lame where you just think bad things over and over and you you get songs stuck in your head for three days at a time. (laughs) It's like, I wish I had that OCD where you had to keep everything clean. It would be amazing. I'd have like a nice clean studio.
1: You get, anyway, like, a I'm functional sorry. benefit. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I actually <laughs> have a lot useless. of different kinds of synesthesia. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Um, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so the one the one that um, you're most familiar with, um, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's, you know, I see um, shapes and colors when I hear sounds.
0: Okay. But it's in your, for people who don't know, it's in your mind's eye.
1: It's in my mind's eye. Yeah, the way... But, I, but tell them what it is, though,
0: how it works. It's like it's a cross wiring in yes. your brain, right?
1: Yeah, your brain, like, is supposed to, you get one signal and it's supposed to give you another response, but it gives you a different response, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you hear sounds, you're just supposed to understand what it means and react appropriately and get out of the way of a train or whatever. But, right. but um, you know, if for you hear me, the word
0: Tom, you're supposed to think of Tom and not a bologna sandwich.
1: <laughs> right oh, poor Tom. <laughs> happy i got Rice Krispies.
0: yeah <laughs> you got a good one believe me
1: yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah i am man um i i remember when you were doing the the, the words and like the request <laughs> the word of the Spanish day and, and every now and then i would be like uh rancid milk is what you <laughs> smell like or taste like <laughs> but uh um, i remember so
0: i'm sorry but i remember uh i was doing that and then some scottish young woman on twitter started talking about hers. She had it and she was charging people like it went viral and she was charging people like five bucks and I'll, and I'll give you your synesthesia. And she was like making money. Her story went viral. And I was like that fucker. That was like, I've been doing this shit since (laughs) I've been telling people, I've been doing this like as a parlor trick since 2000.
1: I, you know what? I have a similar story. So my, my big thing, right. (laughs) When I was, when I was like trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? What am I going to paint? Um, i know i want to paint but i don't know what i want to say um i was like oh i will i will take my favorite songs or, or famous songs and i will paint what i see when i hear this song and right uh it's really hard to do that right because it just yeah. happens so quickly you can't really pause it in your minds like it's really
0: yeah it's nebulous
1: but there's some there's a woman who who does that she paints songs and it's like the same kinds of music i would have chosen too oh really <laughs> so you know more power to her i'm glad she figured out how to do it but like that was your yeah. that was a weird shock where it was like hey <laughs> you've got this magic power and this one thing that makes you special and somebody else already did it you know <laughs> <laughs> but
0: um so anyway okay so anyway yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about your your synesthesia your,
1: syn- your... Syn- synesthesia yeah so i have a few different kinds right so i i see colors when i when i touch things when i smell things when i hear things um when you
0: touch things Huh?
1: when i taste things um which really screws me up because i don't know like flavor like i can't identify flavor like my my wife will be like uh she'll she'll ask me if there's
0: um
1: um oh a certain kind of spice i can't remember the name of it now i'm like ah this tastes blue
0: like i don't i don't know
1: i'm sorry (laughs) i don't know the names of things blueberries taste red to me strawberries (laughs) taste green like i sorry i don't know so so that's that's a weird one but 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 the thing i oh and then the other thing is um (laughs) three more kinds real quick so um this one's kind of the same so there's one called like uh, like color grapheme synesthesia which is you know if you if you were to say words or letters i would see that in a color in my head right so like like my alphabet is like a's are red and b's are yellow and c's are black and d's are green and e's are and what's what's weird about that is um for different people they have different colors yeah it's not not all the same i mean i guess that makes sense
0: yeah it makes yeah because it's so personal it's just it's weird the weird thing is how does the association initially get made is what i'm curious about because all my stuff dates back to like I don't have any like were any words or names weird names that I learned as an adult that I don't have a synesthesia association with it it's all stuff from like one in the 70s so probably from like 3 years old to 10 or something maybe hmm. I was making these and it's like I don't I don't I wonder what the first yeah you know what the triggers Kathy were Kathy give me milk a glass <laughs> of milk someone named Kathy or and it somehow you know where did it start cuz it's like
1: I don't know. I mean, I think for me, so that's actually how I discovered that I had synesthesia because I um, I would hear music and I would see all these shapes and, and colors and just assumed everybody did. Right. And then I was thinking one time about the the letters of the alphabet and I was and I thought to myself, oh, you know, when I was a little kid and I learned how to read, the letters were probably those cut like A's were red and B's were yellow and so on. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like. I I remembered, it. I was like, oh no, they were like, it was like yellow letters on like a green fake chalkboard colored background. And mm. so I think I like Googled something and that's when I learned that synesthesia was a thing. And I, it was like, freaked me out, you know, that it was wow. like a, a thing. So, so, but the last time that I have is, is when, um, I'm sensing somebody like when I feel an emotion or when I can kind of pick up on somebody's stress or, excitement or whatever, it translates into like colors and, and shapes in my mind.
0: Oh, shapes too. I didn't realize it was shapes too.
1: It's very specific. So like a guitar is like little squiggly lines, but like a bass is like a kind of a fuzzy round line. <laughs> you know, they're just like, that's how they are like different voices or things like that. Like I'll hear, um, like on a cymbal it actually looks like a little bit like rice Krispies. Oh <laughs> Wow. You know, I'll see like little yellow rice Krispies. Um,
0: So yeah, it's almost like you read auras in a way, but not. It's not like you're seeing an aura around a person. It's like you're sensing, like however a person senses another person's emotion emotions at the time. They they instead of you automatically thinking, oh that person's depressed, you think you're thinking, oh that person's red or whatever. You're
1: yeah yeah. Just it's it's just how my brain translates it, you know. And it's it's based off of like the way their voice sounds or their facial expressions or like the words that, you know, like you can, um, I, but it happens without
0: you yeah. co- consciously
1: yeah, trying, military. right? Yeah, it's, it's like military.
0: you're, you're kind of picking it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, well, it's weird. Like if, if somebody's like super anxious or, or like stressed, like it, these blades of color come at me and I'm like, you, uh, really? Uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Like sometimes I need people to like really chill out when they're like, Wow.
0: And they're stressed. And trip, fun.
1: Yeah. So it's so interesting. So that I put into the paintings, right? So the, the yeah. paintings were always like really vibrant colors. And so I'll choose, you know, the anxiety one was, was pretty easy, right? Like, I mean, in terms of what colors do I see when I'm thinking about anxiety, I'll paint that, you know,
0: Were the, uh, those are the colors in that piece that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how, how did you do? Like how faithful was it to? There's your, there's
1: your... there's a little more pink in anxiety than in the painting, but it just <laughs> it wouldn't fit. It was right. for a good painting, you know. So yep, yep. sometimes I'll edit. Like there was a um, for sure, a portrait I did of a musician for charity one time, and her songs are very emotional, and her her voice conveys that emotion. And for whatever reason, it like shows up as like. Uh, like a pumpkiny orange in my head, and mm. so I did the portrait like what I saw. I'm like, oh, this will be clever, right? I'll I'll paint you know what I see, and uh, it was like orange and purple, and I was like, this is disgusting, and no one's gonna want this. <laughs> so then I just did like a blue and highlight one. That, right, that was much more appealing. So yeah. you know, I don't do it all the time, but but um, sometimes I'll find a well, pr- pretty regularly I'll I'll find a a theme or a color scheme for the painting. And then I will make a playlist of songs that will trigger those colors in my head. Ah, cool. That's so, so weird. So then I can just paint what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? It's what, like, let's, let's, what
0: What color are tools music in general?
1: Um, it,
0: or are they every song different or is it like, cause they have no, an overall vibe.
1: Yeah, 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 no, it's, it's, um, it's mainly like a, uh, it's kind of like a bluish violet, but there's, there's like some blues and reds in there, but it's, it's generally that. And like, I'll, I'll pop that on <laughs> if I want to paint those colors, like, and <laughs> I, know, band- I th- know
0: you're a tool fan. So I was thinking it's funny. Cause I think of them, I have a, uh, it's, I don't think it's for me, it's not maybe synesthesia. I think it's more like what I've seen, but it's like, they're definitely like a blue, Yeah. You know, when I think of tool stuff, I always think it's like, it's sounds blue and kind of blues and purples maybe.
1: Yeah. That's what I get.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe I do have that, but I don't know.
1: (laughs) Interesting. It's like, um, their songs sound like your typical stage lighting, you know, like they've got that cyan, like, you know, if you look at regular stage lighting, like there's always, there's the purple and there's the cyan and there's the red. And, um, so, (laughs) it was weird when I went to the lateralis tour in 2001 and had lost touch with tool. Like I missed Enema because I was in Hawaii and I just was like out of touch with the world. Oh wow. And all my friends and I liked tool from undertow, but all my friends were like, dude, you got to go to the show. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. like I like tool, but like, I don't have to kill myself to go to the show. And, um, Somebody dropped out, and so I got his ticket, and I went to the show, and it was an amazing, it was probably the most elaborate set that they had. It was the one where they had the performers from Schism.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Were
1: on stage, you know, and then yeah. for, for yeah. Prablo, Osseous the, Labyrinth. Those, yeah, yeah, those guys are hanging upside down for like the 11-minute mm. song or whatever. Yeah. But that combined with the videos that, that you guys had done and, and Adam Jones and, and, uh, and the stage lighting, I'm like, this looks like my brain. Like this looks like my synesthesia. This looks like it was the first time that the visual matched the sound, and it like wow. And that's, that's part cool. of yeah, it's part of why I was really into the Tool and listened to them like every day for a decade, you know, because it's like that <laughs> experience was like it was cool, yeah. and I was like, I want to paint that. I want to try and capture those synesthetic feelings, and and so what what's weird, I guess, is that I didn't really open up with that until these past couple of paintings. You know, I mean, it's always been there. Really? Yeah. I mean, but you can see like a lot of times the figures are just, they're white.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. And the, the background, it was like the figure I was, was almost kind of traditional. Right, right. Loose. And this is where I, I wove it into the figure itself.
0: Yeah. So you before maybe you were just using it in backgrounds and stuff and now you're like incorporating it into the whole piece. That's cool. Yeah, that's that that makes sense with um you know, all the stuff we've been talking about when we do the the skypes. You know, it makes sense that the cuz this this has been about you really kind of like coming into your own as an artist, you know, and really kind of giving yourself over to it and not thinking about it too much and, 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 uh, connecting to it on an emotional level. And if emotions and synesthesia, you have this connection, it's like, it makes sense that you would start incorporating it. That's
1: cool. I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm excited for the next, <laughs> because they're gonna,
0: I you, know me too.
1: You know, cause I kind of, I mean, I spend the day doing synesthesia pretty much,
0: right? Like all. What was that? You cut out for a second.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'll spend the day ignoring the synesthesia. Right. So I don't like walk
0: right. the walls
1: and like drive off the road, you know, like I, this, this stuff's happening. Every single sound plays an image. Wow. And so to really connect with it and get to see it in the painting, it's like, kind of like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, is less effort, right? It's less, it's less like trying to, it's, this is going to sound so strange, but it's almost like, you know, I'm living in these two worlds: of this world of color, and then this world of like, you know. I mean, I hate real world colors; they're so boring. You know, like they're just they're not they're not <laughs> trippy and vibrant, right? And so, painting all that stuff is like I actually get to be in that world more, right? And right, and and, and stop like thinking about this like bland gray and beige world that we live in. You know, like <laughs> yeah, right. really vibrant world. That so, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pumped for the for the next few pieces.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Um, you know, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about too was how you compose your pieces and how you set your stuff up and working with models. That's one thing that's been really interesting with me, um, seeing your process, you know, when we're, when we're going over your paintings and and your ideas and stuff, and you're sending me pictures that you're you have models that you have taken photos of and you've mocked up in Photoshop and, um, I just, I, 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 I love artists that do that. And it's like, I wish, I mean, I'm just not that artist. It's just not me. Um, as far as setting up a reference, but I, I, I respect it. And I'm almost envious of artists that do that. Like, I wish I could have the, I kind of wish I was one of those artists because I really enjoy working from reference. I like it. It's just, it's, it's fun and enjoyable. And, um, and I like the idea of working with a model and working with the light and and composing in that way, you know, instead of just straight out of your head. And, I mean, Gabe does it too. Gabe Leonard does that a lot. So, um, yeah, talk about how you how you do that because that's like that's, – it's so – you know, like a primary – one of the primary elements of your work is working with models and even working – you know, and working with them to like yeah. come up with cool ideas and, and also talk about the how the the quarantine has changed that.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you've
0: kind of got a pretty cool workaround for that.
1: Yeah, that's actually turned out to be pretty, pretty cool. So so the process um, for, you know, people who are listening who don't know anything about my work. Um, uh, primarily paint women unless it's like a really super cool dude. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Unless it's a really hot
1: dude. <laughs> like, nah, not so much hot, but just like you no. Know, just kidding. Not a regular dude. Um, right. But uh, so, I'll come up with a concept. There's really, there's two different modes that I do equally enough. So one is, um, I'll think of a, a, a subject like there's there's this uh, painting that I did where um, there's a figure. Um, and you know, she's facing the viewer and I, w- I want to talk about that in a second, but um, she is like sewing up a wound in her chest and she's got this golden heart in the wound. And that was an image that I'd been thinking a lot about um, kind of studying um, Jung's form of alchemy, like in terms of psychology and just like transforming, like turning bad things into good and, and just growing as a person and um, just had a flash of this image. And so I, um, uh talked to this friend of mine who's a model and I just said, I need you to stand like right here as if you're, you're holding two ends of thread and then I need this specific expression on your face. And then I played with the lighting a little bit. I had very specific lighting I wanted and I shot it and then I, I painted it and and that was that. But the other way that I worked, the, the more exciting uh, way for me is like really way more collaborative with the models where I'll have like a mm-hmm. broad concept of, um, this is um, a feeling that I want to evoke, or this is a particular story that I want. And let's just try some different um, poses and different ideas. And uh, I'm very lucky because I've gotten to a point where I can work with really talented models. Like Mm -hmm. I would, I would say um, try and work with a professional model because their modeling is not just about how you look. It's, it's really about like how you create an emotion and and you do it with you know really good models they'll be aware of their face their fingers their shoulders Mm -hmm. like everything blends together and is like purely concentrated into whatever emotion it is so so i'll i'll do a shoot and um now i have some models who i work with regularly and um i'll just like oh this is a great example the um this is great. So, so for the for the anxiety and depression paintings that I just did. So, anxiety, I had a sketch. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I worked with the model. I gave her very specific direction of like how to hold her hand you know, to her wrist and everything. Mm-hmm. shot those photos, put it together in Photoshop, painted it. For depression, it was much looser, and um, she actually on her own took a photo that I wound up using for the painting that I didn't even take. That I didn't even know. Oh about. wow. Yeah, because the idea for depression is like somebody's being pulled under water. And so she's amazing. She um, agreed to get in her bathtub in a dress and she's holding her iPhone over the shower curtain and she followed my direction. And then she was just like trying some different shots after I was done. She was like, hey, I tried these out and sent one to me. And I was like, that's better than mine. Do you mind if I I use it (laughs) for the... For the painting. And, and so it's just, it's very exciting for me because that collaboration isn't something that you get when you're by yourself on your at your easel or whatever. And and right. it, it's always more interesting when sometimes you do this with your technique um, where you discover something you didn't know you were capable of, right? Where yeah. you're surprised too. And you and I always talk about how no, an artist is never going to see their own painting for the first time right because yeah. you're just gradually working on it right and so you don't get that impact that other people get you you hope that it's people are going to like it and then it's good um and those are little instances where you can get that surprise and you can get that impact of that of that right. so that, that's that's really cool um so the way that i'm working with models now so i used to had a studio and and lighting and and a decent camera and it took me a few years to get good at photography so that i could get the type oh, of really Oh yeah. yeah. Like I wanted a very specific lighting. Yeah. Um, you
0: seem th- that I was uh, impressed, impressed at your, your reference photos. It's like, Oh, this, it looks like totally pro photos, you know, the way they're lit and everything. It looks like, you know, you know what you're doing.
1: Yeah. It took, <laughs> it took a while. Right. I really I had no idea. A lot of it was like accidental, but, um, but now I have it down and, um, and then COVID hits. Right. And so there's no, there's no photo shoots. And, um, I can't remember where I heard it, but I think somebody was doing this or some model did that. Like, first I, I was trying to set up, like, let's do some, just so we don't go crazy, let's do some life drawing over Zoom or some type of FaceTime or something like that. And I was talking to some models about that. And then I heard photographers were doing remote shoots. So I... um set up shoots with models who lived in different parts of the country who I'd, we'd been wanting to work together for years and finally could now. So I did a shoot with somebody in uh, the UK, somebody who was in, um, Serbia, somebody who was in Alabama. And so it was, it was awesome. Like, so now I can pick who I work with. Although it's funny because the, um, the model I picked for the anxiety and depression, she's in Philly. Like I could, I could walk to her house. (laughs) But we so did this a, is like on zoom or something well so at first i was doing it on zoom and i would just like take a screenshot of what i'd see yeah, on zoom just,
0: and deal with the the crappy image quality kind of
1: and it you know it's a lot of extra work right you know and you have to right. you have to fill in the blanks that that's missing but then i found there's an app do you have them light it do you have
0: them like set up light do you tell yeah, them like, can you put a light over here and
1: that's the, that's the tough, part. Be tough that all yeah. oh, that stuff yeah so i've actually like sent there's a this um phone holder thing it's like a like a long bendy wire and you put your phone in it and i've actually mm-hmm. sent a couple of those to a couple of models oh wow Where i'm like please can you put your phone in there because like because every every painting can't look like you know that same laptop <laughs> shot on nose. Yeah. <laughs> it limits your artisan artistic expression right so right. so that holder is good and then i've talked about different lighting i'd actually did some really cool shots with um somebody where she was Using Zoom with her laptop, but she used the flashlight on her iPhone in a room without windows as the single light source oh cool and we got some cool cool images with that i'm 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 excited to paint those, but um uh now there's an app it's called close c o l c l o s and what it does is you can control the other person's phone, and when you press the button, their phone takes a picture
0: oh no way.
1: And then they to take cool. the photo. They send you, you know, they can like share an album if you're both on on uh, I, iPhone, um, but um, or you can Dropbox it or whatever. And so that's what I did with this last one. You saw the detail that I got. Yeah, so that, yeah. That so that's with like a nice wow. twelve megapixel back of the Amazing. phone. you know, new. So
0: as far as controlling the the camera, it's. I mean, how much control can you have other than pushing the button? Well, That's it. You... I mean, you got
1: to give, you gotta oh, give okay. a lot of direction. You got to give a lot of direction. Right. So <laughs> right. right. I guess you can control the settings, but, but it's mainly, um,
0: it's mainly just so they don't have to like do the, set the timer. And... They don't, right. They don't have
1: to set the timer. They don't have to push the button to take Right. The picture so You can
0: kind it. of, if you see it, you can hit it.
1: Yeah. Like, so she's like a... moving around. Yeah. The one where she's floating, like the phone is hanging. I don't know what she tied it up there with. Something's on the <laughs> shower curtain, and it's aiming down at the bathtub. And so she doesn't have to touch the phone; she can just model, right? And then, uh, and then we have a zoom going yeah, also, great. so that I can like give direction. It's that's like awesome propane torch lighter that we have. <laughs> yeah, <with>. it's,
0: <laughs> it's my crack pipe lighter. It's for uh, <laughs> it's
1: hardcore man. <laughs> no, it's
0: for you know uh, sculpting. Got it's it. Like you got run it. a you run a a torch across the sculpture and it kind of melts the surface. Got That's it. That's what I use it for anyway. That and smoke a crack.
1: Looking cool. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so there's a lot I could say about models. I would just I would say this if you're gonna if you're gonna work with models, please be cool because I I have very many model friends and they just deal with so many creeps and rude people and I'm sure I'm sure people who are demanding and and, you know what that does is I've seen models quit modeling because it's it's just not worth it and then that's not good for anybody it's it's not good for humanity to treat other people that way but it's also like if you want to work with models try and not reduce the model pool out there as well right
0: yeah 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 so you I mean what's what is your um what's your reason for painting 99.9%. Ninety nine point nine percent.
1: Yeah. So so when I was in Syracuse, I read this book called uh, "Ways of Seeing" by Jonathan Berger, and that is, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I don't know, probably offend some people because I'm gonna talk about privilege. Some people don't like to imagine, <laughs> this, right? But this was like an amazing example of my privilege. So so in the book, I found out about the male gaze for the first time, which was basically that in art. The you know portraits of men were about who they were and their rank and their you know, their station or where they what they did in the Bible or or any kind of mythology. And women were there to be viewed by men, right? You've heard of the male gaze, and mm-hmm. so women have to deal with their whole lives. Like I skated by not knowing about it until I was like nineteen or twenty, right? right. That's the privilege part, right? Because I'm you know I'm I'm the in the At the top of the
0: food chain I white was, man.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Right. White guy. So, um, so I was really angry about that. I thought that was a terrible thing. You know, I, I, you know, a lot of my friends That's fucked up. Yeah. And that's just, you know, like when you realize like how biased society and the world is against women who are like half of all people, you know, it's just, it's just,
0: yeah. More than half.
1: Right. More than half, you know, so that made me think well i want to try and undo that right like you're young and you're you're really arrogant you can change <laughs> you can books or whatever and so i was like i'm going to undo that and so i'm going to paint women in a way that is about who they are and not about right. you know, who the viewer is right and they're going to be looking at the viewer so nearly all of my paintings the viewer is always locked in or the i'm sorry the um the subject, the, the the woman in the painting is looking right at you, right? She's, I feel like right. it's voyeuristic if she's looking off into the distance and um, rarely are we looking down on her, right? She's either at eye level or she's looking down on the viewer. Right. Um, and, uh, and that, I mean, that's like the main thing. And then I've just kind of find it more comfortable to express myself with women as partners in this, you know, creating the the paintings. But the other thing is like, I just love drawing people, right. And portraits mm-hmm. and people, and I'm just more interested in drawing women than men. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, that's, that's the more common thing. I mean, the, the, the woman, women, uh, female figure has been, you know, the main right subject of artists throughout time. I always felt weird that I didn't cause you know, it seems more normal to paint uh women as as an artist but i just i I've, I've always felt like i just i can't do that to them i i don't want to do that like turn them into monsters it doesn't feel right to me it's like there's something about i what what i'm doing with my artwork that is kind of like feminist in a way to where it's like portrait Portraying these monsters as men.
1: <laughs> I mean, they're basically the other side of the coin that I'm working on. Right, I'm trying yeah, to paint these, these totally as heroines, and you're painting these men as monsters. Like I'm, they're...
0: I'm taking them down. I'm taking men down a notch, and you're trying to kick women up a notch. Or just recognize <laughs>
1: that they're up there. But yeah, it, it's um, yeah, no, I feel the same way. Well, we've talked about that where I've had uh, I forget what painting it was where I was like, oh, well, I'm making her the bad guy i don't feel comfortable with that you know right i think your advice was get over it but but um <laughs> stop overthinking it <laughs> Overthinking it. It's the title of my book but um <laughs> but uh what's interesting is like it comes there is baggage that comes with painting with women right like you know like it, for me it always tells me a lot about the person who's asking the question so a lot of creepy dudes are like hey why do you always paint women or like right, right. is your wife okay well, with that And I'm like, yeah,
0: I mean, this is that's kind of why I I asked you, because if someone didn't know your artwork right? and we're talking all everything we talked to up to this point, you could be like a creepy weirdo doing it kind of for the wrong reason. So it's like I kind of wanted to bring it up thank you um <laughs> because i was like you know you got to you got to see what he's doing it's not traditionally what um women uh, or a lot of the way women are portrayed I mean, it's not like all art women are portrayed this way but you know a lot of of it especially like,
1: if you if you look at history right for yeah you know you you'd have to go back to like sumerian or egyptian times to see women portrayed in a way where they're you know
0: powerful and
1: yeah and on on, on par with men right like right and they're fictionalized right? they're mytho- mythological right um yeah i mean what, what helps me is that i focus on who gets my work and who likes it and like mm. a lot of really strong interesting women like my work and so i'm like all right i guess i'm doing okay it's, right
0: right Yeah. You Um, get the seal of approval.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like these women would not, they're sharp enough to not like things if it wasn't, you know, legitimately, um, you know, working on that. And I I do a lot to around it. Like um, I think I told you about this, but a couple of years ago I sent out a survey to like 50 women I knew and just asked them questions about like,
0: Oh yeah, you did tell me,
1: yeah. We, you know, what do you wish men knew? And and, and kind of like, how's your life different now than when you thought, when you were, you know, and just things that informed um, what I did. Like that smile piece that I did where I've, I've got the woman, she's pulling down the gag and on the gag it's written smile. Like, yeah, I can't think of that. You know, that just comes from listening to women, right? And understanding, right. like, again, another privilege thing. Like, no one's ever catcalled me, right? No one's ever told me to smile, And it's perfectly appropriate for me to, you know, or at least it it was when I was a kid to like hit them in the face if they were telling me how to, you know, (laughs) so, so I think, you know, just trying to grow as a person and, and, and trying to kind of sand off the rougher edges that I learned growing up from like dudes who were meatheads, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and solve problems violently, like, that all is part of what I'm trying to do. Like I'm trying to use each painting to get a little bit better as a person.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I've always had a, um, I have to say if, if I've been, I mean, I've always had a, um, how do I say, how do I say this without trying to sound like I'm, um, patting myself on the back, but, (laughs) i've always felt like (sighs) i I was mostly raised by my mother so it's like i've always thought of women as like it's wrong but i've always thought of women as kind of like better than men actually (laughs) you know it's like it's a little it's it's kind of like you know maybe going the other other way but um uh and I think it's just for, because, you know, my my older sister was like kind of raised me when I was little and my mother were the two main um, caregivers care, uh, for me. So yeah. it was like I, there was always a female, you know, it was like a fem- feminine energy around me a lot growing up. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, I get the question the, you know, the two questions that I get all the time are why do you paint women and why are your colors that way? Right. <laughs> and, and thinking about women, you know, you saying like, I feel bad saying women are better than men. Like, so do I, but I believe it. Like, I mean, just <laughs> look around at the world. And like, I, and I feel bad. Like I imagine like every guy I'm friends with, you know, telling me to fuck off. Right. But you like, know what
0: the, it doesn't make me feel bad. It doesn't make me feel like offended or anything. Like when I, it doesn't make me feel like my masculinity is threatened or anything to, to think that at all. It doesn't, you know, it's like, uh, I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I've always kind of thought of it like the whole world as, you know, they say men run the world and the world's all fucked up. And it's like, basically that's basically true. But it's, but, but, but aside from that, it's, it's not about, it's not necessarily only that it's, it's like it's like the male energy <clears throat> is dominating like the the is 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 dominant in the world and the female ener- energy is being um has been
1: oppressed yeah
0: yeah oppressed and it's it's not just and and I'm sure a lot of that has to do with it, it has to do with one sex being physically stronger that's what it has to do with If you go back, like, think about it. If you go back to, you know, who, who makes the rules in the caveman, you know, in the, in the, in the, with the caveman, it's like the one who can bust the, the, you know, has the strongest, the biggest club and the strongest arms that could fuck you up. And that could take whatever women they want. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of, I mean, I don't know shit. I'm just talking because I'm (laughs) like an artist. I don't know anything, but it seems like I could, I could see that being a pattern that just continues on. And and there's and it continues on throughout history to where it's like, you know, strength and even the way that reality is looked at is from this kind of male perspective. Just this idea of um, conquering nature and dominating nature and being in charge and being aggressive in that way. It's all kind of like this male energy thing. You know what I'm saying?
1: I do. Yeah, I think. Uh, there's a couple things. One is that it's you know it's probably physical power at one stage of you know humankind's evolution, and it's the perpetual consolidation of that power, and then like keeping other people away from acquiring the power, whether it's right physical power or it's wealth or it's right influence right. or whatever. It is. You know, it's basically like the. the the man knew what they had and they weren't going to give it up and they were going to do whatever (laughs) they could to like increase the odds. And, and you, you know, it's, I feel weird saying this because I'm so ignorant about it, but it's like, you can't really have this conversation without saying like white men, right? Like there's a lot of other men who are in the same situation. Right. But it's basically like the people have the power, do whatever they can to keep the power. Right. Yeah. But the other thing that you're talking about is this conquering nature. Like that's the thing for me is like, When you're painting, you're going to spend a lot of time with, like, an energy or a thought or an idea. And, like, the way that I, like, grossly oversimplified it is, like, in my experience, like, men break and women make, right? And I'm trying – you know, the creative process is, like, a – is really – it's a feminine thing where you create things. You solve problems by making new things. or Right you could choose to solve problems by like conquering and and destroying and, and exerting your might over things. And it's like, I was younger. I tried that second one, the conquering thing, like, wasn't great at it. Wasn't for me. I don't like when people are hurt. I don't like when people are like, you know, extinguished. And so I want to spend more time learning. Are there different ways to solve these problems? Right. Can I be more creative? Can I be more constructive or, or make new things to solve problems? Because, a lot harder to do that right in general so like even if you take the male female aspects out of it and you look at just the way that those two groups uh and i'm realizing like i'm i'm perpetuating the ignorance by by making everything binary i got yelled at on my survey one time where i was like <laughs> you know what what do you wish men knew more about women and they're like why is there only two choices i'm like i don't because yeah. i'm dumb and i'm learning and i'm stupid and <laughs> this is my experience and I'm trying to broaden it. What can I say? But, right. but, but, um, but I'd rather make stuff, you know, especially as an artist, I think a lot of artists gravitate towards that, right? Like you solve the yeah. problem by creating something when there was nothing there. Right. And so you're going to be drawn to people who are like that, whether they're male or female. Right. It's just that yeah, yeah. most of the guys like breaking stuff. Right. And they like, right. Um, Felix. Well, you, I mean, yeah. th- there's
0: a there's an element of you know, there's an element of, I think when you're doing it well, and and again you, this binary thing really is a, a, like a construct. It, it really kind of kind of is. But I've you know since I was pretty young, I would always kind of break things down. I, you know what it was? It was after I started tripping is what it was. I started seeing everything in, you know male or female energy either you know like something that is like emptiness versus form you know everything could be broken down to these masculine feminine and um uh you know when you're painting you know cr- creating art it is it is a like a, it's a feminine impulse maybe to create but it's like making it is a masculine thing like you're physically actively doing a thing like making it happen. Whereas maybe the impulse and the idea is more of a feminine thing. You know, I'm not saying this has to do with men and women at all. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. En- energetically,
1: just, just, just two halves of the whole, right? Like, and that's, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Like a- as you try and evolve, you realize that there, there's not two, there's one and it's two right, aspects. Right.
0: Now check this out. This is crazy, man. This is, uh, and, get, and get us into, uh, the magic stuff. I was listening to Lon Duquette um, who's this like great old magician dude. And he gives, he talks every day at 10, a, 10, AM at Facebook. He reads a chat or a section from his book for like 20 minutes, one of his books. And he was talking about uh, Crowley and the, like the, the different ages uh, that the world world has gone through. You know, I'm going to sound like a total idiot saying it, but I'm going <laughs> to give you my, you know, just cause we're talking here. But um he was talking about how the first societies were female energy worshipping, like the, um, I guess, the Egyptian societies, maybe, or, or yeah. Sumerian, or I don't know. It's like, there there was like, a, they, they worshipped women because women could have children, and they didn't know how children were made. They just know that women got pet pregnant, and they had kids. So they were like, ah, they put the women on a pedestal. Then, when they kind of realized that men were partially responsible for children being created. Then it was like it switched to the um, patriarchal mo- model. And then we got Christianity and this and that. And what Crowley as a, you know, a thinker and magician, he, his whole thing like, he went to Egypt. He had some weird, he did some ritual in this pyramid or something. in some crazy magical chamber in some, in the middle of uh the pyramids or something. I, I told you it's going to sound like an idiot, but this is the basic idea. And he was dictated, this spirit or whatever dictated this whole new thing to him, this like new era that's coming and it's and he formed it into that r- religion Thelema, which is his magical system and religion. And the idea was that we're out of the, you know, we're into the we're going into the third phase which is the aeon of the child which is the two energies coming together and producing a third thing right and so that's and it kind of makes so anyway i was listening to this the other day him talking about this and it kind of makes i mean it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways just the way everything's completely falling apart and being broken down so it could be kind of you know obviously well not obviously but if you kind of take a step back from the way things are it's like all the everything's is being broken down and it's kind of going to be built back up again because that's the way reality works. Everything's a wave. It goes up and down. You know, it's not like it's going to be gone forever and blah, blah, blah. It's going to, you know, it's going to turn into this new thing. And um, it just occurred to me with this whole like new non-binary, all these different forms of, uh, or not new. Identification. Yeah. yeah, These uh, gender identity issues are coming up and it's like this is the new aeon of the chi- the child you know where it's not binary anymore because reality it's not it's like it's not in re- reality true reality is not binary it's you know spiritually speaking everything is one thing if you kind of you know subscribe to that magical type of perspective
1: well, well and it's also just philosophy right so i've read a lot of ken wilber and mm-hmm. and um it's basically like you, you our our mental model is that things are split in half, right. And there's good and there's evil and there's male and female and these types of things. And it's really like, or light and dark, right. Getting back to dark art. And it's really, it's, it's inseparable. All these things are inseparable, right. Right. They just, they're things that describe each other almost in some instance, more than themselves. And so, you know, there's a, consistency whether it's philosophy or magic or science or whatever right like you study you get into quantum physics and they're like you know you really read about that stuff and they're like we don't know about reality anymore we don't you know like consciousness is is influencing the physical things that we see you know and it's all it's it's that at least for me that was the growth right of of thinking there was like oh there's good people and there's bad people and it's like nope there's people and they're different (laughs) I mean there's a lot of bad people out there right now but, but 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 when you take the broad and I'm not going to talk about this but when you take the the broad view of yeah of, of the world and different things it's the more you learn about it, like that that level of individual evolution of your consciousness is that you accept that these things are all part of one thing which is why um there's so much chaos or, or I don't know, there's, there's so many bad things that come from when one aspect tries to dominate another aspect, right? Things are, things are out of sync and out of balance. Right. And right. it's, right. um, it's, it's toxic, right? I, I mean, that's the overused word, but it's, it's like, it's destructive. It's poisonous, right? Mm. When you get this one aspect, right? It's like, if you're, you're overdeveloped in one area, Right, you know, it's like it's like those weightlifters who don't do leg day, right? And it looks like they're gonna flip fall over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a well-rounded view. Yep. Yep.
0: Well. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I'm. I'm. It doesn't seem really weird to me. I mean, the the, the idea that we are entering kind of a new, some kind of new era, and it's uh, gonna be. I mean, this could take a thousand years or something before it kind of flips fully or a hundred years or 500 years, but, but I think it's, it's going to be uh, less about the polarities and it's just ironic that now, you know, we're extremely polarized Yeah, and it's like, it's obviously that is not working well for either side. It's not well. working well. So it's like, it's, if, if anything, it's, it's kind of showing that um, it's failing. it's what? F- the, the basic idea of two sides is failing, I think.
1: That's what I was going to say. It's the catalyst, right? So it's got to get worse, right. right? Like people don't change, societies don't change unless some type of trauma occurs, right? Nobody... Mm-hmm nobody sits around and just says like, you know what? I think I'm going to be a better person just because I want to. Things are great, but you know what? I'm
0: going to be even better.
1: (laughs) I'm going to be even better. No, it's like, you you know, you got fired or dumped or, you know, especially
0: humans, you know, humans ain't going to do shit until they're, they have to. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Like we're just trying to achieve, you know, homeostasis on the couch as much as possible. Right. Right. Not, (laughs) not, not no effort. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, stream everything. But, uh, (laughs) so, if you take the big view, it's terrible to live through what we're living through right now, but it is a necessary stage until for you to get to that next stage. Right. And you hope that what is happening right now is enough to provoke positive change. Right. Yeah. If not, it's going to keep getting worse until the catalyst is significant enough to have longer change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I, this, this is just, again, though, this is kind of the, the magical perspective, I guess, but it's always been, I've always felt that, that, you know, everything's evolving, you know, everything's somehow working towards, you know, uh, It sounds crazy right now, but it's – I really think that everything kind of works for the good ultimately because I think everything within reality is ultimately good. You know, a a good – I mean good is probably like a tiny little sliver of what it actually is, but it's beyond our even conception of what good or evil or anything is, God or whatever. You know, it's like it's uh, ultimately – everything's fine. And, and that's like a, not a popular thing to think because so many people are suffering, but right. in the grand yeah. scheme of thing, okay, if you're God, okay, you have to, you have to go like, uh, you have to indulge me and okay. assume that you believe in God or whatever, or any, anybody who's listening, you have to just, you know, regardless of your religious beliefs, I'm not talking about religion, but if everything is God and you're God and, you know piece of dog shit is god and the rock is god and the wall everything is made of god there's the no actor. problem with anything there's no ultimately no problem because you're god and you're in the god world and the god world's falling apart right now and it's like it doesn't matter because you're fucking god already it's just like you know it's hard to have that perspective when everything's falling apart around you but
1: well when it's happening to you right so i mean I'm yeah like-
0: yeah. It's easy to say that when you're like got a place to live and right. making a living and not starving on the street for sure. Right.
1: right. Which is different. I mean, correct me if you're wrong, but what I'm hearing you say is like, it's not that you're saying this is for the best. You're saying that like certain things simply are a, a long reaching progression towards a certain point And you're, you know, it's like, I, I, I'm sorry that I cannot remember who said it. I don't know if it was John Lewis, but somebody said like the arc of justice is curved and it's long. Right. 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 And great. Right. It's not like, you know, bad things happen and they go away and, and then everything's good immediately. It's, it's like, you know, it takes you a while to get there and you hope that's better. You look at society now compared to the way it was in the past and it seems to be better. Um,
0: yeah it's it's better in a lot of ways but it's as fucked up as it is
1: it's just it's it's hard when you're like I, I saw this really cool cartoon recently that kind of summarizes what i what i think is kind of your belief of the universe and I, I think it's mine too where it was like there was a person and they were underwater and their their fingers just their fingertips oh, yeah
0: I we're close like, to that <laughs> oh, all right are, are you familiar
1: with it <laughs> it was what
0: you posted, Chuck? I stole it from the Alan Watts group.
1: <laughs> well, ben, well, you explain it then. You're the poster because I've, I've, uh, it I, just a,
0: yeah, it was. You know, I think it was a Pokemon character. I've come to find out. Everyone was going like, "That's weird." Posted a Pokemon character, which is kind of perfect in a way, but it was. It's this being, and and he's got his fingers. He's like in a in a bubble and he's got his fingers poking through the bubble and on each of his fingers are the being's face and it and i forgot what it it said it was like god pretending to be
1: yeah different I mean,
0: people sort of yeah it's like the old I, bill
1: hicks you know like the universe's consciousness experiencing itself thing it's it's basically right, like yeah. if, if you imagine there's some type of higher power or energy or whatever some bigger thing the universe And it just wants to know what it's like to be in all these different experiences. Right. That's the fingertips. Right. It's all connected. It's all this one thing. You feel like you're an individual, but eventually you will reconnect with whatever you came from. Right. And that's cool. But when you're that fingertip and it's like, (laughs) you got a finger cut and there's lemon juice being poured off on it. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's hard. I I don't know. I don't care. You know, and, and our understanding of existence is like we guess that that's what's happening, right? We believe that there's we're going to reassemble into this greater whatever. But
0: well, that's uh, yeah, yeah. Y- I mean, that's... you
1: ho- you hope you know y- you have to figure out like how you want to make your moral choices, right? Like hey, you know what yeah. w- what you're going to believe.
0: Yeah, it's you know it's all just talking shit really it's just like there's enough enough things point to to me from my it's it's like my personal feelings and my personal experiences um it makes sense to me that's all you know i can't believe that at the end of every single person's life is absolute tragedy and you're dead
1: just that light, just makes no sense off. to me. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're well, you you lived, you got to experience it, you got to be afraid of death all your life, and then you die. I mean that is like such a a grim way to look at <laughs> look at life, you know. It just ends at this tragic death at the end. That's it. Boom.
1: Yeah, I mean for me that's kind of the point, <laughs> is like you might as well choose to believe that something nice will happen right <laughs> exactly it's because like, thinking it's, that nothing's gonna happen is just gonna make you really miserable for a long i mean like <laughs> like i do believe it i've had enough where fate kind of popped into my life and and gave me amazing oh, yeah. things you know but even if i didn't believe that right and i went the whole gamut right i started i was catholic and then i was atheist and then i was buddhist and now i'm whatever this is right where i just believe like there's a bunch of energy that we reassemble into but even if i didn't believe all that like why not why not yeah you know you're going to be happier if you think like something good will happen it is
0: practical it's i mean it's like a good it's a it's a it's a probably a good life skill to have to have that belief, a belief in something beyond yourself. Yeah. Even even just from a like even if it's not true, like you're saying, even if it's just you're lying to yourself, it's probably better to have. You're gonna have a, It's gonna be better if you believe that, even if it's not true. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Just when you when you read these angry atheists, man, they're like not happy until everybody believes that nothing. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, it's cool. Like, you might be right. Right. There could be nothing. That's cool. It's not gonna make yep. my day any better if I if I believe in that. I, I mean,
0: you, probably a lot of people like that come from such a restrictive religious background that it's like you know, yeah, it's like it's,
1: it's a it's a overcorre- correction, right? It's 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 yeah. like a response to like this this um world that they were forced into, like yeah. yeah it's
0: it's a it's a it's a it's a coping mechanism especially if you're in a really religious place and you don't agree with them it's just like the satanic thing um it's like the whole satanism thing it's like it's uh um it's a it's a good way it's a great way to to become deconditioned from being raised in a fundamentalist situation being Satanist is like the perfect way.
1: (laughs) Well, or if you're going to piss off your parents, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, that's, it's, it's kind of baked into the concept. It's going to piss off other fundamentalist Christians. Right. But, um, like Jason Lou makes a great point that it's like, it's good for that. And deconditioning is part of magic. It's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to decondition all the beliefs that you've been raised in. so that you kind of like can choose what you want to believe in 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 order to have the life that you want. But it, it doesn't, you know, generally it's like, it's not concerned with enlightenment, which, you know, traditional magic and more uh, traditional, maybe spiritual paths have it like, have it, have a place, uh, um, uh, you know, it's, it's about becoming better and becoming enlightened basically. Yeah. And so it's like you know, Satanism gets you to here. It doesn't get you. You know, it's not like you're gonna become this enlightened Satanist. Maybe, maybe though. I don't know. But it just there seems might be like it's out there. Yeah. You could, I mean, I'm not saying Satanists aren't enlightened. I'm just saying it's not. I don't know. It just seems very limited. Limited.
1: It seems like just a know? different, a different version of the same thing, right? Like it's you know, any, yeah, anything that like of. tells you that's dogmatic and tells you like what to believe and how to dress and how to talk. It's not, it's actually much more similar to what they're trying to escape.
0: I know. It's like, what was that? There's some great George Carlin quote about, what's that quote? It's like, if it, something about if it requires a uniform, I hate it or something. If it, anything, that anything, basically talking about hating anything that requires a uniform. Right. And there really is like a, um, you know, there's a satanic uniform like there is any other. Oh, yeah. No, I remember. There's a look and it's cool. You know, I I like I, I like it a lot, actually, the the visual component of Satanism. Like you see people that are really into it, dressed, totally dressed up, kind of. It's cool. I think it looks re- Looks really cool. It's yeah. Just, I mean, you know, I like it's kind of it feels kind of empty to me beyond that.
1: <clears throat> it's just I remembered when I was young and. Like, goths were a thing, and they were, like, shunned, and, like, you know, you're supposed to dress, like, you know, wearing polo oh. shirts and pastels and things like that, and all these goths are against that, and they're all wearing black. I'm like, that's awesome. These guys look like Halloween. That's so cool. But right. like, <laughs> But you were also wearing a uniform, right? Like, you could tell who people are. It was like, you're conforming nonconformists, or at least the people in my high school, you know?
0: If it requires a uniform – oh, wait a minute. It was on the of t- my –
1: You're going to make me Google it. it. Wait, wait. If it, what? I said, you're going to make me Google it.
0: If no, if it requires a uniform, it's a useless, ah, I had it, endeavor. Mm. If it requires a uniform, it's a useless endeavor. I think it's the quote, which is perfect. Although, you know, I guess you could be a Satanist and look however you want, but you get the point I'm making.
1: I do get the point you're making. Did did I tell you like, years ago I heard this, there was this like Satanist morning radio show and it was the most boring thing I'd ever heard. My life. And I'm like, This sounds like it's going to be amazing. Like, you know, they're going to, it's going to sound like, you know, listening to my favorite rock song right. or something like that. You know, these people are going to, they're going to tear through like, and it, I think it was like during the Bush era. And I was like, Oh, yeah. great antidote to like, you know, fundamentalism in the being institutionalized. And they were just like, yeah. So, um, when you, uh, choose to be a Satanist, you, uh, um, it was, it was like, <laughs> devil worshipping npr it was terrible
0: that's great devil worshipping npr
1: <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah i mean no no you conform is good
0: yeah i mean it, it's i i appreciate uh, uh um there's there's i mean that t- satanic temple does some pretty great stuff i have to say but they're kind of like progressive I... progressive politics more than religion they're they're all more about you know
1: so so I haven't seen the documentaries and I'm like out of touch. Like a lot of people Oh you talking, gotta like, see it. It's great. I know, I know. But it's great. So I don't really have a sense of like is it true when people talk about the satanic church, it really has nothing to do with Satan and it's
0: Yeah, like they don't even they're like they're I believe that they are atheists and that they the idea is they're using the 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 symbol of the devil as like the um you know, the black sheep or the rebel, or, or you know, the, the, but the, uh, I can't think of the word. Um, I can't, I can't think of it. You know, like the, 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 the rebellious spirit kind of, um, uh, the individualist.
1: The, yeah. You know, like to try and like break more, down.
0: Yeah, it's more norms, like, you know, it's it's just taking the, the, the image that Christianity created of the devil and embracing it and using it as their symbol against the thing the Christianity, basically, because they see Christ- Christianity as like this form of control right. over people, fundamentalism and stuff. So they do all these political things to challenge. You know, basically fundamentalist Christianity and super conservative values and stuff, which is cool. It's kind of like, you know, those uh, are the tools more...
1: that they're using. Those are the t- yeah, like, yeah, they don't necessarily yeah. believe in that stuff. Those are the tools that they're using to just like defend right, right. and try and like break and them. make the point that you know you
0: can't have, you shouldn't have Christian things that, in government. You shouldn't have Christian. Uh, you
1: need separation of church and state. monuments.
0: There. Yeah, separation of church and state and stuff. And it's like I I can dig that, but it's like it's not really. You know, it's not really a spiritual movement. It's more of a political movement, which is cool, but it's not. You know, um, it's not concerned with spiritual matters. Maybe in the in the way that other.
1: It's spiritual... like it's a counterculture thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie, though.
1: I Hell know it just, it's it just popped up on. Uh... I don't know, Hulu or something. Again, it was gone for a while and now it's back. So I will check it out just Yeah, to great. see what everybody's been talking about. Um, it's great. It's great.
0: It's like, you know, it's, I feel the same way with, about atheists as I do Satanists. It's like, I appreciate them. I appreciate them for what they are doing now. They're doing something that needs to be done. It's kind of important and it's kind of um, brave of them to do it, especially in certain places, you know, certain parts of the country. Um so it's like I I um, I commend them and I support them, but I just don't agree really with the the um, belief system. Yeah, I don't really I don't I I, I believe in God. <laughs> you know, It's like right. I believe in enlightenment. Like, it's just me. It's how I am. It's my it's my personal belief. So right. I, but I support what they're doing. I just I, you know, I could never be like part of the team, I guess, in that way. Although right. I don't know. I see them as like allies in a way. Maybe
1: they're agents of change, right? They're they're trying trying to balance things. Just getting back to what you were saying before. Yeah. I don't know how we got on that subject, but. um. (laughs) I'm going to give anybody who's listening. Let me know that you got this far, and I'll give you a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: we're over two hours. So, oh shit, you got to go. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm good. I have eight minutes. Eight minutes past your bedtime. I gotta, no, we got to wrap it up.
1: It's fine. I mean, we should probably wrap it up just because it's been long. But is, is there anything else that you wanted to ask about or talk about?
0: No, I just uh, wanted to uh, say thanks for coming on. And um, what do you have going on that – is there anything you want to talk about that you've got plans for the future or anything like that before we go?
1: Yeah, there's a couple things. So right now, I mean, it's only – it'll it'll be up for two or three days after um the podcast comes out but um uh I'm in the dark Art society 2 show at Copro Oh that show I heard about that show
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh I wanted one thing I did want to mention Yeah uh, Steve is the person who started the art jams and if you subscribe to the podcast you can go to the art jams and it's a, every Friday I think or I don't know how often we're doing it now but it's like bunch of artists get on and paint together on zoom. It's really cool. It's pretty so cool. You're the guy that made it happen.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know, that it was wouldn't have happened. Was without artifact. you. It's just like putting like our community stuff, but it's, you know, if we ever talk again on this, I'll cover that. But, um, yeah, those art, art jams are pretty great. There's some people who they really look forward to them every week and you get to see, um, some really accomplished, established artists. And, but it's people of, all ranges you know there's there's novice artists there as well and um it's really cool and they go for like 10 hours you know and yeah <laughs> people get a lot of work done
0: and uh, we're are we we're doing one on halloween or the, the, the night before halloween
1: yeah all hallows eve eve i guess all hallows
0: eve, eve. <laughs> the night because i'm gonna be oh. on that one because i got my i got my streaming setup yep. set up now so I'm, I'm i finally got all that taken care of so now i can I can hang out again because it's been a while since I've been on there. But I mainly just wanted to bring it up and say thanks yeah. for creating it. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Really, a, uh, such a cool thing for the community that you've done. Um, people really appreciate it, especially.
1: I can't believe these days it's been going on. We started in March just so people didn't go crazy being trapped in their houses. And uh, the are earth-
0: you serious? March?
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's it was. Crazy. It was like maybe March twenty seventh like everything shut down on the Friday the 13th of March. And then I think like two <laughs> weeks later we had the first jam and then we've been doing it every week. Wow. Since, um, well
0: the Fridays will be cool cause it's right before Halloween.
1: Yeah. We, we got to figure out something. A couple of people have asked me, can we do something cool? So we'll, we'll figure that out. But, um, I got, I, so I'm fortunate enough to have a piece at copper right now, which is just, I love that gallery. I'm so excited to have work there and i wish i lived close and could go there all the time there's such a cool permanent collection there too (laughs) yeah and gary and Erica are awesome um and then over not far from there at dark art emporium buddy nestor curated a show that i'm in um and really a lot of
0: that's a great show
1: it's a really good show but buddy and buddy's
0: been killing it lately man his stuff's he's got new pieces he's
1: He's got a solo been, in December. As long as we're yeah, doing plugs, right? I think it's maybe yeah. twelve, twelve. It, also, it's he's our Garden for emporium. But uh, yeah, he's really he's really putting out a lot of amazing pieces. But he's a good curator too. I've been lucky mm-hmm. being like three or four of his shows, and uh, you know, it's so many cool people to get to show with it. It's really awesome. Um, so those are the two immediate things. The other thing I'm working on is just uh, like to be determined. Giant projects.
0: Uh-huh. yeah I didn't know if you want to talk about it or not that's probably you know that'd be a good excuse for you to come on for another episode when that what whenever okay that that thing gets turned into whatever it's gonna be turned into okay. that would be a great topic for a show, don't you think
1: yeah, yeah well, especially like all the crazy coincidences that happen as yeah. I was putting it together and yeah um it yeah 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 that, that's well,
0: easily that's easily gonna take a show up
1: <laughs> yeah well it's gotta be so annoying for people listening because like I have no idea what you're talking about um it's cool but,
0: it's a great concept for it's a series
1: you so it, what's can... interesting? yeah, you could say it's a series it's 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 this concept that like came to me. I have to paint it. I don't know what to do. I'm basically like it's the solo show without a home and <laughs> I might turn it into a book. I might turn it into uh, a card set. it might be a show I don't know, but I need to paint it. I have to paint. It's cool it. too. Yeah. It's
0: like, I, I've seen, you know, I know, I know the, the story behind it. It's really cool. People are going to love it. It's going to be, it's going to be big. I think it's going to be big for you.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for everything. Um, yeah. If anybody made it, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> um, but, Give uh,
0: your socials and stuff.
1: Uh, Steve media. Kleff. So I'm, I'm Steve I'm Steve Kleff on Instagram. I'm Steve Kleff on Twitter. Um, the site is just my store. I've got some inexpensive pieces that I did during those art jams that are up there now. Um, and some prints, um, and, uh, Instagram for now is, uh, where you can see like me posting regular stuff. I think I'm going to go to Patreon just cause I'm trying to get off of social media. Uh,
0: yeah. But go to, go to his Instagram definitely and follow. Cause it's, uh, it's really great. Um, I was just looking at it before the show.
1: You know what? Here's, here's more incentive to go to the Instagram. So, um, I just started sharing it like regularly every day. I'm going to do like one or two or three artists who are really good. Um, and just sharing those in my stories. So hopefully, Oh, cool. Yeah. You've seen like all the, um, like, I think everybody should know these, like everybody should know Bill Sinkevich and, and everybody right. should know,
0: um, Everyone should know no means no and how great Devo is. <laughs> I've got my pet projects.
1: <laughs> Start sharing them on Instagram. I'll let you in on a secret that I heard on the Dark Art Society Facebook group that um shares are becoming more important than likes.
0: Uh on what? On, on Instagram. Platform.
1: Like so oh. if you yeah, if you see somebody's posts and you share it in your story, that's supposed to help the person who you shared?
0: Oh. Oh, that's good. So
1: that's part of why I've been doing it is try and help some people out. Not that I have a huge following, oh, cool. but like it all adds up. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to share Devo and No Means No and all that stuff, you can you can help okay. those guys out.
0: <laughs> it's just, you know, they're just great. I just want people to know how great they are. It's not like they're together anymore, but Well anyway, yeah. Go there and check his stuff out. It's awesome. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for yeah. taking the time. Sorry about jerking you around to be getting there for a while <laughs> run, run back and forth while I changed the times of meeting
1: <laughs> it's fine it was uh, it was less less frightening than I thought it would be so
0: I told you I yep. told you okay
1: alright thank
0: you everybody for listening thank you Steve for taking the time and say goodbye to everybody
1: bye everybody thank bye. you very much bye everybody
0: thank you very much